Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition tonight gonna be. I know it ain't gonna be nobody up in here. Stay up in here. Stay up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. I organized campaign. I'm on my third route. The album just dropped. I'm trying to get the word out. Superhero theme music. Ron Sleep walking, snoring. The less rails for what was recorded. My first stop was Sway in the morning. Was written by Heather B. Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV. Now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me. Not before I had to get bars right, rehearsing. Was asked about my upbringing, how long I've been working. And Sway's hair rap, look bigger hand person. Was rhyming like it was a wake up show. Homie tough, I got raps for days. Gotta say something for Tony Touch. My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm busy traveling, making my rounds. I sat down next on the schedule was static selector, show already, yo. Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we're right at the precipice of the edge. Battle for Zendikar pre-releases are this weekend. And we've got the full spoiler. Uh, we've had it since last week, so we've been itching to talk about it. And it's here. So we're going to talk about it. I don't know if Steven's going to make a pre-release, but... I'm going to play Two-Headed Giant, which, oh man, Two-Headed Giant with all these big bastards running around. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, and I get to play in one solo event as well uh, with no freaking seeded pack, which makes me so happy. As a limited purist, I like the fact that I'm going to get six packs of sealed. I feel like I have an advantage over most of the room when I'm given six packs of sealed to build. So, uh, very happy about that. Uh, anyway, um, before we get into the spoiler talk, uh, Steven, you played, because, okay, we talked last week about playing in the World Magic Cup qualifier, mm -hmm. um, and I realized that, like, you know, when I was younger, I used to love to burn stuff. Like, I used to love to start fires. Um, uh, we got in a lot, we almost got in a lot of trouble once. We almost burned the woods down, but that's neither here nor there. I think uh, everyone has that story. From I, I think kid. everybody does. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we, we we in Boy Scouts there was like a like there's like a drought and there's like a burn ban. Yeah. And like we were in the middle of a forest and we decided to have a contest to see who could light the most matches at once without like <laughs> dropping them and burning their hand. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that almost got out of control. I've almost certainly done that on many occasions uh <laughs> so you know one thing though that i when i growing up you know burn like oh you take we take spray bottles of perfume and you know light a light a lighter and just just make fireballs with the perfume all kinds of really dangerous stuff that we're lucky we're not dead from uh but the one thing that i never burned was money and playing in the world magic cup qualifier uh, to me, with my deck choice, especially given the matchup I had against your deck choice, felt like burning $50. And I wasn't really in the mood to burn $50 because, let's just say, at this point in the in my pay cycle, 
that's about how much money I have to last me until my next paycheck. So, <laughs> so it would have been very dumb of me to show up and literally set, or not literally, but might as well have just walked in the door and went, hey guys, I'm here, whoosh, all right, see you later. So I didn't do that. Uh, I stayed home and I worked on cleaning my floors and that was a great success. But Stephen, you did decide to do the dumb thing, and I'm being sarcastic here, <laughs> and go to the World Magic Cup qualifier. Uh, but you did pretty damn well for yourself, right? Yeah, I did okay. Um, I guess I'm just a little arrogant, I guess, when it comes to constructed formats, and especially standard, where you can actually have a reasonable idea of what kind of decks you're going to play. Yeah. With <laughs> with modern, with, with Oklahoma City, like, I, I think I realized playtesting is important, but knowing... Like, preparing for a certain deck is almost like a fruitless endeavor, in modern at least. Mm-hmm. Like, peop- like I-, I talked to three different people, uh, more than three different people, but just like any like anytime I talk to anyone at the event, I- people are like, oh, Infects everywhere. No. Merfolk's everywhere. No. Uh, Burn is everywhere. <laughs> like, it, like, it's just, it, it, <laughs> then like, you know, what I, I played Blue-White Control, um, Boggles, and like some other random deck. Like, it just doesn't... <laughs> Um, we gotta get that second buy quick. Yeah, (laughs) there's just too many decks. There's too many decks to reasonably have a like pick a deck for the week. I think. Right, right. Um, but but you can do that in standard. I think. Um, and it's something Mike Flores is you know almost most known for is being able to break a meta game one week at a time. Appropriate to that, uh, the eventual winner of the WMCQ, spoiler alert, not me, uh, Neil Oliver, played a five-color Dragons list that was like an evolution of the list, that the five-color uh, mono-blue Dragons list that Flores played nice. to win his RPTQ, actually. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, I decided to test a few decks, um, and... <laughs> The the fallback was going to be mono red just because it's a mono red deck. I can play mono red. It's that's something I know how to do. Right. Um, I had tested Abzan and it's boring. <laughs> like I don't know. And then I saw a Rally of the Ancestors Elves deck that did okay online at, in one SCG event, but it actually did get eleventh the same weekend at the last open. Foreshadowing. Yeah, I know. Um, so it's very similar to the previous Rally of the Ancestors deck, except you kill with Shaman of the Pack, which pings our target player loses life equal to the number of elves you control. Yeah. And it's kind of a flimsy combo deck that just happens to play Siege Rhino, because Siege Rhino is just a, a really dumb card. And yeah. you, you tend to win games where you cast more than one Siege Rhino, so... It just spews a bunch of creatures onto the battlefield, casts a Siege Rhino, and then cords a calling into another Siege Rhino. So, like, instead of playing four Siege Rhinos, you get to play seven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you get to rally them back. Um, so it's, it's fun. And it has reasonable play since everyone's playing a lot of tap lands right now. And a lot of really – and people aren't even playing carry added anymore, which is kind of crazy. So you can actually get in there with your <laughs> – Elvish visionaries and stuff like that and start pinging people down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just has an auto oops, I win button if you draw a Rally of the Ancestors, which I like. That's a nice crutch to have when you haven't been playing standard for a very, a very long time. Right. So I 
basically sleeved that up and went to the event. And actually, it turned out to be pretty good value, even though the entry fee was $50. You get a play mat for whatever that's worth. It's, I think, Conclave Naturalist or something like that. Which, yeah, yeah. It's okay. You get a Thalia, which I think they're eBaying for like 30 bucks right now. Not bad. Um, and it was also a 5K in terms of cash prize support. Yeah. Which is pretty good, plus the invite. And a lot of people did the same math you did. And I think people are saving their money for all the cases, apparently, that they're pre-ordering to get their expeditions for Battle of Zendikar and saving their money for the pre-release. Yeah. Uh, 116 people showed up, so. That's a crazy low number. Yeah, it was really low. Um, and the, the the main reason I went was just because it's a WMCQ. I've never played in one before. And yeah. there's only, like, a couple of them a year. And, and there's right. to be one 20 minutes away, so. Right. Um, even if it was setting the money on fire, it was for an experience that I wasn't likely to do again in the near future. Yeah, so uh, this has been kind of a recurring theme of mine, but <laughs> after actually playing the deck for a full day, I still think it was the right choice for the that that the, that particular tournament. Um, I just wish I had played it in a tournament before this one. <laughs> right, <laughs> Because, right. like, as I was playing, I was seeing lines after it was too late. To, that I could have made that would have been a lot more optimal. Like, mm. um, I think I lost game one where I was stuck on four lands and I needed five to rally for three. That's the rallying for three and four is usually what'll either get you to will win you the game on the spot or get you to a game winning position. Because um, there's multiple times where I was able to r- rally for like four and then just deal twenty. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I started off went three zero. Um, the matchup versus Abzan control is actually pretty good, and that's what was the most popular deck in the room. The matchup versus Abzan aggro is probably the worst matchup, just because they have Anafins of the Foremost main deck, mm-hmm. which is just like just hoses your. You're not playing very good creatures. You're playing Dwinnin's Elite, which is a two-two for two. You're playing, um, you're you're playing stuff that sets up for. Rally the ancestors, and if all your creatures are getting exiled instead, yeah. that's yeah, it's bad. Not news. Good. Yeah, so I started off three and zero, and then I was paired up against uh, Michael Carter, who you played against. Michael Carter's on fire lately. Yeah, he's been playing really well lately. He top aided this event. Uh, he made day two and finished in the cash in uh, in Oklahoma City. Really awesome. Just yeah. really great to see him doing well. Huge wrestling fan, too. I love Michael. Uh, glad to see him doing well. It's unfortunate that he had to go through you to do well. True. But, you know, uh, there are there are worse guys in the room to lose to. But, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, round four we were playing in the, the feature match. There's actually coverage for it, even though it was at Madness Comics. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Um, did you hear about uh, how they did day two? Mm-mm. They did each match of the top eight one at a time. Oh, that's cool. Kind of cool, but so they've got each match on coverage, mm-hmm. but the but day two took forever. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't I didn't watch any of the coverage. So it was it was it was the quarterfinals. They did one match, then they oh, did the other God, match, yeah, and they like did the, the other point. match, and then they did the other match. Yeah, they just did the whole thing broken down like that. But anyway. Yeah, uh, so uh, we, we played that match on camera. He was playing Abzan Agra, which is a really bad matchup. Yeah. And I think game one, I just got stuck on land. I just got smoked. He had an early Anafenza. Uh-huh. And that was, yeah, that sucked. Uh, the game two, 
I mold down to a hand with a bunch of lands and like one early drop and then a couple of chords, basically. Yeah. And just sat there and drew nothing but lands and just got just got run over. So I just got, I just got demolished on camera. So um, I was three and one. And it was a seven round tournament. So because um, it looked like you could win your first five and then double draw in. Yeah. But even then, if I uh, it looked like you could, depending on your tiebreakers. If you got to six and one by round or five and one by round seven, you might be able to draw into top eight. Mm. Um, so I still, had, I mean, I basically had to win out from there. So I think the next in round f- round five, uh, I actually got paired up against uh, Craig Wesco. Yeah, which was an advantage because I just immediately knew he was playing the mono mono white <laughs> creatures deck. Right, uh, right, and just snap kept normally. Uh, because the deck runs three quarter calling, you can run one main deck reclamation sage just because everyone's running either hanger back walker or some sort of enchantment. Mm-hmm. But normally you don't want to have that in your opening hand. Uh, but <laughs> versus him, I was like, oh yeah, he's he's playing that deck with a whole bunch of enchant removal and mastery of the unseen, sure thing, and hanger back walker. Nice. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> so what would normally be like a mediocre hand was a lot better versus him. And yeah, his opening hand had three of the. Uh, I think game one he had he cast three of the uh, um, banishing lights. I, I wanted to call it Oblivion Ring, uh, <laughs> and I ended up blowing one up, and then <laughs> uh, rally the ancestoring it back to blow up. Oh, it was just yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, um, so it was a really good matchup for me. So yeah. that one wasn't that one wasn't too bad. I beat beat him. Played uh, Drew. I'm gonna butcher his last name. Iafrit, I think. Uh, Iafrit. Iafrit. Uh, round six, he was playing Jeskai. And. Drew Ifrit. Ifrit, yeah. No, I it, just want to, yeah. Yeah, we had some pretty uh, competitive games. And then uh, near the end of game three, I just uh, I just drew better than him towards the end. He 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 flooded pretty bad. So uh, one there. And then turned out uh, I thought five and one would be good enough to draw in but my breakers were the worst <laughs> oh no so so yeah we had to play it out um, so I got I actually got no I didn't get paired down the person I was playing against we were the two worst um, people with 15 points yeah yeah so we, we had to play mm-hmm. um, and it was against John toon John toon uh, played uh, Texas Guild mage uh, guy I test with regularly Um also, a guy I lost to uh, in Oklahoma City playing Merfolk, uh, but he was playing against you in Standard. What was he playing in Standard? Oh, Abzan Aggro. <laughs> huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had to play against my worst matchup in the winning end, but uh, I actually managed to steal game one just because he uh, – it was a weird – it was a weird game. I had a Dwin's Elite. He swung into it with a um, – gosh, I think it was a – the two one that you can draw you a card, I can't remember its name. Uh, like, like can uh, get draw you a card from your graveyard. I'm totally blanking. Doesn't matter. And a uh, den protector. Den protector. Jeez, I can't. I play that card a lot. Den too. protector and Fleetwood Mac. You said yes. <laughs> and I actually blocked with my Dwinnin's Elite and Abzan charmed it up to a four four, and just started beating down, which is not the plan A <laughs> of the deck, but. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds absurd like yeah so i, I basically won off the back of uh like a dwinnin's elite a 4-3 four, four, three. Three. 
Yeah, no, a four four twins lead. Four four. That's right. It's a two two. I always think that card's a two one for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty stupid. He was like, because he he made a like one attack that was a little too aggressive. But I mean, I I don't blame him because not normally he should be the one attacking into me because my creatures right. are much worse than his. Right. Um, game two, he just had an, an early anafins out. I didn't have removal and. Yeah, I just lost that one. Uh, then game three, we actually got moved uh, on camera. Hmm. And it was a really long game back and forth. I played pretty poorly. Um, I can't remember what happened. I think I missed a land drop on turn three, which is just oh my God. pretty disastrous. Yeah. It Steven, ended up, you got to get your wits about you, man. And yeah, the pressure's on. I know. <laughs> I played. I basically played the worst the worst uh, I had all day <laughs> in that match. Oh, uh, man. And there was a, there's, I should have like a swung at him instead of uh, Elspeth, like the turn before it went two turns. Um, but it ended up not mattering. Like I basically need to top deck either a rally of the ancestors or a court of calling to cord for Sidisi to tutor up a court of uh, a rally of the ancestors. So if I draw any of those, then I, then I win. Um, and I just basically didn't. And at that point, he had uh, active Elspeth plus Soren plus multiple creatures. Yeah. Um, so I just needed to top deck that. Didn't do it. And, uh, and he got there. So. Yeah. He lost in the, um, in the semifinals, which is pretty rough. Mm. Um, I think Michael also lost in the semifinals. Okay. So yeah, both those guys lost their semifinal matches to the uh, eventual finalists. Um, uh, who was the the winner? Neil. What? Neil Oliver. Neil Oliver got uh, got scooped to in the finals. Mm-hmm. By the way. Uh, by the, Patriot. <laughs> by the for the full like so basically the the split was invite full cash prize. So the uh, the the other finalist scooped for the cash. Mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Uh, I don't maybe. blame him. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, I guess, though. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it depends. It depends on your schedule. Like, for me, I'd be like, nah, I got nothing better to do. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You'll probably get this because, you know, he's like, a, he's a pro. He's really good. Yeah. Um, he, he's probably favored <laughs> versus anyone else in that top eight. I think the matchup was favorable for him anyway, you know, so. Like, okay. So it's, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming. And it might be something that you can't like really travel, like have the time to travel for. Which, Possibly, yeah. Um, so you know, I think the cash was like thirteen hundred bucks, right? It was like more than that. It was like sixteen hundred. Okay, yeah, that's because it was like eight hundred for first, eight hundred for second, and like, yeah, he just took the sixteen hundred and went home. That doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, considering I've I didn't had worse have magic tournaments. <laughs> considering I didn't have the fifty dollars to enter the tournament. I wonder if I would have taken that too, um, <laughs> if I were in that I position. I like, nah, nah, dog. Yeah, word, word. <laughs> uh, my December's open. I'm, <laughs> I'm playing <laughs> right. This. No uh, doubt. Yeah, so I ended up getting eleventh. Yeah, so that's great though, man. I mean, eleventh place, uh, and that was the first standard tournament you'd played in how long? Gosh, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I'm not even sure if I've played Origin Standard. Right. Like it's sanctioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just don't even know if I've played a, a sanctioned origin standard event. I don't think I have. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was well above my expectations for the week. Or, yeah, so not the, bad at all. No. I, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, obviously with more testing in paper, you'd be able to do better. But uh, you took a deck 
that you know is kind of a fringe deck, mm-hmm. and uh, and you piloted it to eleventh place, and I think that's really awesome. You just gotta you just gotta tighten up in those uh, in camera those... matches. I've been horrible. Well, it's not those. even the camera matches. It's not so much even the camera. It's the winning ends. That is true. You 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 tend to you tend to choke up in winning ends. I have I have made and, some and, and play sloppy as hell. Catastrophic mistakes in my winning ends. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta tighten up on that. You gotta focus on that. And like, you know, I'm not trying to like criticize you, man, but like, you know, and it's it's just something like I realized um, playing in the final in the draft a couple weeks ago at Zandy's house mm-hmm. was that like I literally had the win and instead I lost. Like, and it's just about when you're in that position. When there's nothing you can do but win or go home, you have to just take a step back, just slow down. You know what I mean? Especially if mm-hmm. you're not like, you know, especially if there's time. I'm not talking about slow play, but I'm just talking about measured choices and just and just taking a step back, not letting your opponent's pace of play determine your pace. And just oh, I'm pretty good about that. That's yeah, a, yeah. That's well, it's not even so much that, but I mean, sometimes that'll be the case, though. But regardless of, of your opponent's pace, playing your own pace, making sure you got a full like you know a checklist that you're going through every turn. Like, did I play my land? You know what I mean? Did I do this? <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, I'm just like you know, just one of those things. Where just like just slow it down. You know what I mean? Just slow it down. Just just focus. And, and 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 you'll be able to 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 break through those, you know. But uh, but still a great performance, you know. Uh, I'm not criticizing the overall performance. It's a great fucking. Uh, I just swore. It, it's a great. It was a great performance, you know. Um. So uh, so congratulations and congratulations to uh, Deanna, who finished one place ahead of you, uh, in tenth place. Uh, congratulations, obviously, to John Toon uh, and to um, and to Michael finishing in the top eight. Uh, just a really good showing for uh, for some of the good guys this week <laughs> and gals. You know, uh, just a great uh, great run for the weekend. So, too bad we couldn't get a local in there though, but that's okay. Uh, so now let's uh, talk about this uh, spoiler. So uh, there's this set coming out. Uh, it's called Battle for Zendikar. Uh, it's got 240, uh, no, 274 cards. It's counting the expedition, so that's and 240. we're going to read them all. We're going to read every single one of them. Just the names, <laughs> though, but as fast as we can. We're going to both go, and whoever finishes reading every name of every card first gets a pizza trophy. Um... No, that's not true at all. But we are going to talk about uh, our expectations now that we've seen the full set uh, going into Limited. uh, Because we are about to play a lot of Limited for the next couple weeks. And that's, you know, it's so funny (laughs) because Steven, like, we've talked about Modern and Standard for the last couple weeks. Steven was like, well, we don't really talk about Limited that often. I was like, are you kidding me? That's what we talked about for, like, the two months prior to the Modern episodes. He's like... Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? So, uh, we're back to Limited, and uh, I actually want to start with the very first card on this list. Card number one in Battle for Zendikar, Bane of Balaged. Uh, Bane of Balaged is a 7-5 for 7. It's an uncommon, it's an Eldrazi, and this is interesting, because it 
doesn't have Annihilator. But it has, whenever Bane of Balaget attacks, defending player exiles two permanents he or she controls. Oh, okay, Annihilator was just Sacrifice. Yeah. Okay, so that's why this is an Annihilator. Okay, because at first I was like, why is this not just Annihilator? But the exile actually matters, because you can use those cards for some of the processors that you would have in your deck. But yeah. this is, I mean, this is awesome. This is really awesome. This is, this actually might be the biggest bomb. And this might be the biggest bomb in the set for limited. No, um, maybe, maybe repeatable exiling permanence. I mean, it's pretty good. Um, well, no, it's the, it, it's still, it's very similar to sacrificing instead of in the cards going to the graveyard. They just go to exile. It's still right. the defending player's choice. True, but this is the one card in the set that has, other than you know the cast ability on Ulamog, this is the one card in the set that has that Annihilator-esque trigger on mm-hmm. attack, which I think is really important because, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's back-breaking. You, th- there's no two permanents that you'd love to sacrifice at any given moment, unless they have processors. Of, I mean, unless they have uh, Eldrazi Scions, of course, which makes it worse. But if they don't have Eldrazi Scions, you're sacrificing two permanents. And two permanents is never fun. No. Um, I just, I don't think the stats are that impressive for seven. I don't. Seven, five, seven, five isn't the best. Especially when you're swinging into like 10 eights and, and eight nines. Yeah, and especially stuff. when you consider like, by the time this thing is attacking, you, so you've already you know you've already cast something for seven, and then it's the next turn where it's attacking. I mean, I would imagine your opponent's got to have a board presence that can put up five power of defenders. Right, right, right. But even being able to, I mean, you would pay seven mana to exile two permanent, like target player sacrifices two permanents. No, I would not. For seven mana, yeah, sure. Absolutely would. would not. In this format, you might. Especially not in this format. This format has the most expendable permanents possible because it okay. has it has multiple land um, fetching ramp spells, which we normally don't get. So you'll have excess lands, which are the first thing you want to sacrifice. And then it has incidental token creators yeah. in almost every color. Yeah. Okay. All right. You, you've 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 turned me off on Bane of Balaged, but but that's what I needed to hear. You yeah. know. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. This helps. I'm sure a lot of people are coming to the same conclusions, and I'm here to. Uh, just, just rain on all their parades. This is not like, this is not like last week where before the show, I was like, man, do we even record tonight? Cause you were just like, this card sucks. These cards are all terrible. I was like, what <laughs> is this? What are we doing? I'm like, are we going to record this? This is going to be awful. Oh, I, no, you just read my notes, which are, are, are much more short. Like I don't, I don't want to like write a bunch of flowery language because half the time I'm not like looking at my notes. Yeah. So I just have to say, like, no, no, no. Because, like, you know, we were talking about, like, in terms of, like, constructed for a lot of these cards. And I'm like, these are none of these cards are going to see play. You're like, Bane of Balak, get the hell out of my face with this stupid card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't think it's worth the price of admission. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm on board with that. I am. Uh, we talked about Blight Herder, uh, Breaker of Armies, Conduit of Ruin. We talked about a lot of these cards. Um you had a uh, thing in the notes uh, talking about uh, what we th- what I think are the uh, biggest bombs in mm-hmm. limited, and uh, I don't think it's Bane of Balaged, um, but I do think 
that, and I've got three listed sure. for my uh, biggest bombs in the set. Um, I'm going to say that the biggest bombs are the Ulamog, which is pretty obvious, um, the Desolation Twin, and the Breaker of Armies. I think that all three of those cards, you cast those cards, and and there's going to be it's going to be a really tough time for your opponent uh, to recover from that. Because even if Desolation Twin gets countered, you got a 10-10. It's probably not getting countered, and you're probably going to have two 10-10s, which is amazing. Uh, Breaker of Armies, this is, I mean, it does what it says it does. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Great card. Um, and the Ulamog, I mean, just casting the Exile to target permanence. Now, that's targeting. That's brilliant. Yeah, that that I would pay. That, that, that's yeah. worth the price. That is worth the price for sure. And I think those it's are destructible. The... Yes, yeah, that, that that's a small detail that I forgot to mention. I think those are the three biggest bombs. Um, I think Ulamog's in a class way above those two. Sure, no, I don't disagree with that. But Ulamog's also a mythic rare. Your likelihood of getting it in in sealed or draft is very low. Where Breaker of Armies is an uncommon. This is a card you're going to see. Yeah. And that's a problem. <laughs> that is a major freaking problem. Uh, and Desolation Twin as well is a rare, but you're going to see it probably at some point if you open it. Because <laughs> yeah, you're not get, I, you I like won't Desolation get past Twin that. As, a, as a finisher. I'm less impressed with Breaker of Armies. Just really? Because, yeah, because at that at eight mana, um, there's a seven mana common instant that deals with it. it you know exile target permanent scour from existence right but they have to have it i mean dies to doom blade isn't necessarily an argument but if they don't have it you probably just win that's the thing if they can't deal with this is a card this is like well it depends uh, for break of armies at least i'm trying to think like the hearthstone equivalent like oh, this is—I won't be able to follow you there. This is like the uh, the paladin um, legendary in Hearthstone that you play it. They pretty much have to silence it, or you're gonna win the game because it's a six-six divine shield taunt. When it dies, you get a five-three weapon. I mean, it's just a stupid card. This is that kind of thing where it's like I play this. You got something, and that thing also costs eight, by the way, in Hearthstone. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you got to deal with this right away, or something very bad is going to happen, most likely your death. Mm, so, I, well, Breaker of Armies you can control. Well, Breaker of Armies requires that you have a bunch of other creatures as well, because then it becomes kind of like a like almost an overrun effect, because all your other creatures right. get through. Oh, right. It right. just depends. Like, if this is like, if, if you're... If like the for whatever reason the board's been dealt with and this is like your only creature, that's it's not going to win you the game. Whereas Desolation Twin might because it, it builds like a much more substantial army. Um, yeah. With yeah. Breaker of Armies, I can just be like, I can see it coming because you have to cast it. It doesn't have haste. True. True. And then I get to untap, and then I just get right. to swing with everything except for maybe two Eldrazi Scions, it's and then true. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'll chump block that. But maybe, I mean, maybe my creatures are are can chump block your things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe my maybe my creatures are big enough that they can that you, you know, because you, like you said, you might as well swing with them if they're going to have to block this thing the next turn. You know, but 
you know, maybe my creatures are bigger than yours, and I can withstand that attack. So, I don't know. I like Breaker of Armies more than you. I'm I'm not being talked out of that one. Sure, I think sure. it's very I think it's very good. I can see your argument, but I think it's going to be more relevant than than you're thinking. Um, what do you think the biggest bombs for limited are in the set? I think it's Gideon. Yeah. Um, it's either Gideon or Obnixilus. Okay. Just well, be- those are those are both fairly obvious. Yeah, I know. It's just because I'm looking at the set and like. No one is really doing anything relevant on turns two, three, and four. Uh huh. And getting right. just in the game before you cast your Eldrazi very easily. How about this? What do you think the bombiest rare is in the set? Oh, what do you think the... that's let's, let's so much the... harder. Let's take the mythics out of the equation because I, I named I named a mythic, I named a, a rare and an uncommon. So, what do you think the biggest bomb? rare is god the biggest bomb obviously the planeswalkers are good i mean yeah they're they're really good um probably no that's really expensive i was gonna say like planar outcast or something like that that's kind of lame um which one is that planar that, outburst just, oh planar outburst geez yeah they destroy um, all non-land creatures mm-hmm. sure no i i don't think that's wrong i think that's actually a good choice uh i mean that the Guardian Tazim's pretty ridiculous. The four or five flyer. That if uh, you yes, yes. landfall that like yeah. tap, tap something down. I think that's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, it's it's probably one of those two. Okay. Yeah, I think those are I think those are very both very sound choices. Yeah, totally. I mean it might even be Desolation Twin. It might be. It, I mean it depends huge. on how good the ramp deck is. Right. I think it's very good. I think the ramp deck's gonna be very good. Um yeah, I don't think they would design a limited set where you couldn't right, <laughs> play those right. That would right. be, now, That would be a failure. Right. Now, there aren't a ton of them, you know? And that's the one interesting thing is that there aren't a whole lot. And, like, there's only one, two of them that are actually even at common. Or three, rather. Right? Three, two? There's three at common. Eldrazi Devastator, Kozilek's Channeler, which is the ramp... Uh, Eldrazi and yeah. the Ruin Processor, which I actually never saw the Ruin Processor till I was looking at the uh, spoiler earlier today. I kind of missed this card. I'm going to read it real quick because sure. I missed it. I, I totally missed it. Um, seven cost Eldrazi Processor, seven eight. When you cast Ruin Processor, you may put a card an opponent owns from exile into that player's graveyard. If you do, you gain five life. Meh. No, I, you know what, though? Actually, I like this because um, there are there are some really aggressive decks in this limited format. Like looking through this spoiler, there are actually the the tools to make some pretty aggressive draft decks, some pretty aggressive uh, even aggressive uh, sealed decks. I would say, um, and this is a great way. If you're playing the ramp deck, this is an early drop, you know, for the ramp deck. It's a pretty low cost. And you just gain five life. You just start gaining back what they did, you know. And you've got a 7-8 body. That's just really one of those things where dropping a 7-8 against an aggro deck makes the aggro deck sad. Dropping a 7-8 a, a that gains five life just makes them twice as sad. And I think, I think it's pretty good. 
Um, Letting the game go long enough for your opponent to cast a seven drop makes an aggro deck sad. <laughs> well, you don't. It's not going as long as you're thinking because of ramp spells. You know. Yeah, I need to actually do the math on how many ramp spells there are because, like, outside of like, it's it's primarily only in green, really. Well, other, I want to. Yeah, go ahead. Go other ahead, than the cards that like produce Eldrazi Scions and Kozilek's uh-huh. Channeler, there's not a ton of of ramp outside of green, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, well, you've got the yeah, and you've got the uh, the Hedron Archive as well. That's true. Yeah, Hedron Archive is good. Um, I gotta say, I'm really excited <clears throat> about the fact that there are two different instant speed ramp spells because yeah. that is just a really cool thing. Because if you're playing the Landfall deck, you've got like combat tricks that are. You know, natural connection is a freaking combat trick. That's amazing. Natural connection is a green and two. It's an instant. Search your library for a basic land card. Put it on the battlefield tapped and shuffle your library. Like, with landfall creatures, that's a combat trick. Even more of a combat trick is Swell of Growth. Swell of Growth is one and a green for an instant. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. That is an awesome spell. And at first, when when Joel was hyping this card up on uh, Facebook, and he was like, what a great ramp, what a great uh, combat trick. And I'm like, why is putting a land into play a good comp? Oh, uh, yeah. look at all these landfall abilities. That's amazing. Like, that's really cool. I like that a lot. I really like that. Oh, that's neat. God, I'm skipping all over the place. We got a, a, a non-shroud algae gargle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that I just, one. I just noticed that. Um, but the, but algae gargle was another creature dies, right? It wasn't just creature you control. Yeah. So, But Rot Shambler, uh, just read the card. Rot Shambler is one and a green for a 1-1 one, one uncommon fungus. Fungus Among Us. When another creature you control dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on Rot Shambler. So uh, just just kind of noticed that card for the first time looking at those ramp spells. But uh, but yeah, so I think that, like, you know, those are ramp spells, and they are in green. Um, but they're instant speed, which is really neat. There's also the green land. There's a cycle. We'll just talk about the cycle, um, you know, later on. But there's a green land that also ramps you uh, very slowly, but it does. Uh, late game, it can hit a couple landfall triggers. Um, we'll get to that, but uh, let's go back now and um, talk. Well, I mean, I guess I guess there's like one or two more cards worth mentioning in the, or just at least one card that we haven't talked about yet. The Scour from Existence, which you did mention. Um, seven mana, instant exile target, permanent. Uh, it's expensive removal, but mm-hmm. it's it's surely removal, you know. This There's kills not a lot Ulamog. of catch-all removal in the set, actually. Yeah, this kills Ulamog. So that's good to know. I think that I think that your most underrated card in this set <laughs> is uh, the um, I can't think of the name of it. The uh, gosh, what the hell? The Aligned Hedron Network. I think you're <laughs> I think you're totally undervaluing that card. Maybe I don't like it. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. All right, well, let's, okay, so I guess the reason I am not a fan of that card uh-huh. is you're not playing expensive spells if you're playing this, right? Probably not, no. So you're playing an aggressive deck. 
Right, sure. You don't get to exile like Ulamogs or anything like that. It's it's just creatures. And it doesn't hit the bane of Agrodex existence, which is Siege Rhino. Why don't you get to exile Ulamog? It's all creatures with power five or greater. How is Ulamog not I a mean, creature? Ugin. I don't know why I didn't say it. I was like I was like, what the hell are you talking about? That's it's, like the it's picture on the card of Ulamog <laughs> You don't get to do that though. They just wanted to confuse you. <laughs> no, I meant Ugin. I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, okay, that makes sense. It, yeah, it doesn't have any planeswalkers. But but I'm talking about I'm talking about limited because you're saying there's not a lot of catch-all removal in this in this set for limited. I mean, I this think is a, this is a rare conditional one. It is, it is, but I think that I think it's really good, and I think that you're still you're still going rare conditional. It's good, man. You have this card. You're gonna play the crap out of it. If if you have the deck for it, you can't have big creatures. If you're no, that's true. It's true. Or you have to. I mean, you, I mean, you can play ramp spell. I mean, you can play uh, wrath effects and creatures. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. play languish in an aggro deck. You just have to play your first couple turns right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's or or you know I mean you can drop this and then start playing your big things. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you totally can. I don't see any problem with that. I think that's a good way to, if you're ramp on ramp even, just being able to go, I clear the board, next turn, now I start sticking my stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, this is conditional. Um, it's sorcery speed, and, I mean, they could have they could have the seven-mana exile target permanent and just totally blow you out at instant speed. <laughs> yep, um, sure the fact that white has a common smite the monstrous, I mean, I just, I, just, I, I don't know in what situation where I think this is, like, Better really good. Yeah, this is just very sure. situational. Sure, and, okay. Yeah, that's all. That's just situational right. and deck-dependent. That's all. Fine, fine. <laughs> um, I guess we can go back to white. Let's go back to white because all you're right. talking about uh, – some cards in white here. So, um, we got some freaking aggressive. We got, man, I keep swearing tonight. <laughs> I actually think, uh, in terms of um, aggressively costed creatures, white and most of the sets a little underwhelming. And I think that's just because we just came from Magic Origins, which was a very aggressive set. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that this is less aggressive than Origins probably doesn't tell you a ton. Uh, but it is a lot less aggressive than Origins, uh, from my initial reading of it. Oh well, that's that's for sure. I mean, I think that this set has to be less aggressive than Origins to allow something like the Eldrazi deck to be a real thing and not just be yeah. a joke. Um, but I think that like Cliffside Lookout, Expedition Envoy. I mean, these are one-drop allies. I mean, think about that. They might not do anything when they enter the battlefield, but they trigger all your allies. I mean, that's awesome. To be able to just be like one mana, all these abilities fire off. Mm-hmm. You know? And like the Cliffside Lookout is a common. Uh, it has that late game team pump. Uh, I guess I could read the whole card. Cliffside Lookout's one white core scout ally. It's a 1 1. It's a common. Four and a white creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So, you know, just a cool late game mana sink. Uh,. Seems really good. Um, I think it's. I mean, yeah, it's only good in the ally deck. Right, right. Or I mean, if or if you're playing just an aggressive deck. Yeah, like if this doesn't wheel and you think you're in the ally deck, like you're fighting with somebody. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, the the other, exp- yeah. The other thing is that like um, just in general, 
I'm less in on low drops or two twos for two in this set, uh-huh. just because there's not like a critical mass of them as there was in Magic Origins, and like you're not going to be able to overwhelm the board with like two twos uh, or two ones in this set. I don't think. So yeah, maybe, I, I'm moving. Not. I'm moving my grade like where I these would be in the, from the last limited set like down considerably just because I, I don't think like a two power two drop is going to be relevant for many turns in this right. in this set. Right. You'll get a few turns in and then uh, yeah, and then it'll it'll get stopped by something huge. Uh, although uh, I gotta say, core castigator. If there's one that I like, it's that thing. You want to read that? Sure. It's uh, one and a white for a 3-1 creature, core, wizard, ally. And it cannot be blocked by Eldrazi Scions. So, I mean, there's no blocking this with a stupid 1-1, or at least not an Eldrazi Scion, stupid 1-1. Uh, you're, you're pretty much going to, to take something significant out with this, which I like. I like that a lot. And it's an ally. Uh, so, you know, it has the, uh, synergies with the other allies, uh, but a very aggressively costed creature that can't be chump blocked by the most common token you're going to see. Yeah. So for white and limited, um, their main thing is allies and flyers, it seems like, and they have a very, very, very minor life gain, like sub theme, but it's primarily allies. So like early to mid drops and, and flyers. Mm hmm. Um, it does there. It's the one color that has no devoid creatures and no like, you know, Eldrazi or devoid or ingest type things. A lot of the stuff I'll actually have to like play the format before like I have an opinion on the color. But my initial impression of like the commons and uncommons for white is like I white's been the best color for like the last few limited sets. I don't think that'll be the case this time. I think white's one of the weaker colors so far, but you have to we'll have to definitely play it. But it has some really great removal and some pretty good tricks. So, I mean, do you want to talk about our three favorite commons sure. in white? Yeah. Um, go ahead and read yours first because I think mine are pretty close. Okay, so my first, or I guess my favorite white common is uh, Shadow Glider. Okay. Um, it's just uh, two and white for a 2-2 flyer. Huh. And it just reminded me of the the Dead Kids in Origins, where yeah, that was just a great card, even if you you never got the plus one plus one counter. Mm-hmm. And this is a common. Yeah, it's not sure. an ally; it's just a soldier, core soldier. It's just a two two right. flyer for three. Um, it just seems solid. Like in terms of white for commons, they don't really have a ton of like price to move creatures. <laughs> like from a just a vanilla perspective, like there's like you know there's two twos for two, but not much better than that from commons at least. Yeah. Uh, number two, I've got Gideon's Reproach. It's just one white instant deal four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a good rate <laughs> for for a combat trick. It is very good. Uh, and then it depends. Um, for for three, this really depends on how good Awaken is. I have Sheer Drop. Yeah. So it's conditional. It's you know very conditional removal two and a white to destroy target tapped creature. But for five and a white, you can awaken for three. So I feel like awakened is probably pretty good um, just because it's it's just a basic two for one. You get a creature plus some spell ability. And this spell ability is usually pretty reasonable. Um, It's not amazing. And six mana, three, three, destroy target tapped creature is playable. 
and you you know and you have the optionality of playing it for three mana just to get the spell effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's I was debating between this and Smite the Monstrous because if everyone's running around with Eldrazi, then obviously Smite the Monstrous is probably one of the best commons mm-hmm. in white. So it just have been uh, this was just, just a, an awakened cost, uh, an awakened card at common in white, and so I'm speculatively slotting that in as very powerful. I think it's I think it's going to be a good effect. Um, so I just have that in my top three. Sure. Uh, I, I kind of, I think we're, we're pretty close. I, I think that uh, top three, I'm actually going to put Smite the Monstrous in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think these are in any particular order. I don't know if yours were in any particular order. Uh, were yours one, two, three? They or, were one, or... two, three. Okay. It doesn't okay. matter, though. <laughs> I think I think Smite the Monstrous is actually number one. Okay. Because I, I predict that there are going to be a lot of people playing giant things and, uh, and this is a good way to deal with them. Um, I think that I never, I didn't really think about the, uh, the shadow glider. I like it though. I think I'm going to put it in there too. I think that we're talking about just the commons in white. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that there are two that are better than shadow glider in terms of rounding out my top three. Um, and then I think maybe uh, nah, I actually don't really like that that much. I was thinking about Lithomancer's Focus. I like that too when I saw it initially. It's pretty good, um, but I think it's mostly just gonna if you're trying to block an Eldrazi and not lose your creature, you know, I think that that's gonna do that. What about this Andu Great Horn though? That is actually. That's pretty good. I yeah, mean, if you're so attacking, Andu Great... that's really good. <laughs> Andu Greathorn is a, a white and three. It's a two, three first strike. And then whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So, I mean, a four, five first strike for four is really good. Now, we're not even talking about, you know, if you're playing green and <laughs> you've got the tricks we mentioned. Or if you've even got an evolving wilds, you know, um, that could be a pretty big thing. But of, all, of course, it could also just be a two, three for four. Um, so I don't know. I don't know about that one. I'm going to have to say for my third one, I have to, so we've said Smite the Monsters 1, Shadow Glider 2. I'm, I'm down with that. I think I'm going to go with Gideon's Reproach 3. Okay. I like, I like the fact, even though it doesn't say destroy target attacking or blocking creature like we've had before. And I feel like that's a better effect, obviously. Um, This is a mana cheaper than what that effect typically costs. I mean, recently that's cost four. (laughs) Has it? Yeah. In most recent sets, I think the the closest effect we've gotten was in, I think it was cons. It was two and a white to deal five to target uh, attacking or blocking creature. Oh, right. That one was four, wasn't yeah. it? You're right. That was a four mana spell. Wow. This like is Like Divine Judgment than... or whatever? It, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah same thing. Uh, this is pretty good. And the way I, the, what I like about this is that you've got like, you know, your three, one core, whatever, and then you swing with it. And then somebody blocks with like their seven, seven thinking, what are you idiot or something? And then you play the Gideon's Reproach, and you, you're able to trade a 3-1 with a 7-7. Seven, seven. I think that's going to be a situation that's going to come up pretty regularly. Uh, although I know that 
most opponents will realize if you swing into a 7-7 with a 3-1, you probably have a combat trick. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, but on defense even, uh, I think that's fine. Um, I think that just being able to have this against another aggressive deck is great, but just being able to get that extra damage in against some things might be really good. Um, I think it's a good card. So I think that's going to be my three. Okay. Uh, pretty close. Any any cards for Constructed that have caught your eye? In white? Uh, yeah. Well, definitely Stasis Snare. Uh, oh, Stasis, yeah. <laughs> Stasis Snare is, is, is a big deal. Um, I think Planar Outburst is also very good. Um, I don't think Quarantine Field is good at all. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. But these, it's these super big X interesting. Spells have not been good lately. <laughs> it's super interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, no thank you. Uh, Gideon is obvious. Uh, maybe too obvious. And I think that's basically it. Is there anything that's catching your eye? I don't know about Felidar Sovereign. Don't even ask. No. Um, yeah, Quarantine Field actually, I'm not sure. I don't think there's a lot of ramp. I don't know. If it's, I don't know if there's going to be a ramp white deck now that Nykthos is leaving. Right. Um, but I mean, oh gosh, it's XX. So this costs four mana to exile one thing. All right, six so, mana to exile two, eight mana to exile three. That's not very. Ten good. mana to exile four, and that's only until this leaves play. Yeah. So I guess I'll read it really quick. Quarantine field XX white white enchantment. It enters the battlefield with X isolation counters on it. Why yeah. are they going back to this design space where they have like these random counter types <laughs> that they put on these permanents that yeah. aren't like plus one, plus one counters or anything? Anyway, uh, when Quarantine Field enters the battlefield, for each isolation counter on it, exile up to one target non-land permanent and opponent controls until Quarantine Field leaves the battlefield. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see that. No, never mind. It's so expensive, but I, I kind of like Amiria Shepherd. It's, what does that do? It's a five white white for a creature angel. It's a four four flyer. It has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may return target non-land permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. If that land is a plains, you may return that non-land permanent card to the battlefield instead. Oh, that's stupid good. Yeah, so... That's really good. Uh, So technically, I mean, if you have like a fetch land... You can go get any one of the Battle for Zendikar dual lands. That, yeah. That's you know that's white, so you can get the the white green one or the white blue one. So you know it doesn't have to be a plains. So right. what you could be doing is cheat this into play with uh, see the unwritten, and then see the unwritten puts a bunch of stuff in your graveyard, mm-hmm. and then you just crack a fetch land and you're just going off. It's pretty awesome. Maybe, <laughs> and that's so expensive though. So like you have to first cheat this into play before you can start cheating. All the stuff you does, just... Yeah, but See the Unwritten does, works very well with it, I think. Does See the Unwritten exile itself? Uh, no. So you could do some, like... Oh, it's permanent oh, card, though. Never mind. Permanent card. Yeah, 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 but... Wait, let me make sure See the Unwritten doesn't exile itself. I can't... I don't think it does, though. I've never actually cast it, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think I... Gosh, maybe this card will be good in the new standard. I don't know. Um, no, it's just reveal the top eight cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield and the rest into your graveyard. And then if you control a creature with power four greater, you may put two creature cards on the battlefield instead of one. So what you do is you hit a Myria Shepherd off of See the Unwritten. 
you put a bunch of other creature cards in your graveyard because that's what you do with see the unwritten and then you crack a fetch land grab yeah. planes and grab a planes put your green warden of morasso onto the yeah, battlefield grab a see get the back your see the unwritten this is insane <laughs> oh, that could work it could work Green white ramp. I wonder why, why, why would a white deck be ramping? Well, I guess we found the answer. Maybe. That's fun. That's fun. That's something I would definitely explore. It, That's it could work. Cool. It, I think it has potential. Sure. <laughs> uh, more than people like I haven't really seen, seen a lot of people talking about this card. So. That's that's a really strong effect. Like. Yeah, putting it on the battlefield and this not like Sun Titan where it's like converted mana cost three or less. You know what I mean? This is like. Anything and if so, oh, it's non-land permanent. I was gonna say like, I was gonna say you, you get another planes and just keep going. No, that yeah, would that'd be, be really cool. Uh, that would be that's why it's non-land permanent. That's uh, too bad. <laughs> and it's a four-four flyer. Four-four flyer's just fine. But <laughs> for seven, I would. Expect. Well, I'm saying a four-four flyer is 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 a great body. For seven mana, you get that ability. And that's mm-hmm. and that makes it a good card. <laughs> no, four four flyer for seven is not something we play without anything else written on it. <laughs> um, I do for constructed purposes. I, I had I have tested the black white allies deck. Oh yeah. Post battle standard, and it's not there. I don't think. No. It's very it's sad. Bad. I was looking forward to the allies. There, it's just not enough cards, and they're too slow. But I think that like. In uh, Battle for Zendikar Limited, mm-hmm. um, I don't even think so much a black-white allies deck or as so much as like just like a black-white aggro deck could be very good. Oh, there's there's definitely potential there, and they share some like life gain synergies, black-white. Yes. Um, and that life gain thing, though, I have to say, of all of the potential archetypes in Battle for Zendikar Limited. I think the life gain one is one that's just never going to get there in draft. It like, never has historically because it always I, seems I, like black white has like some random synergies that just don't ever seem to get there. Like um, in Origins, it was like enchantment graveyard synergies, and it just does, it just never seemed to work. Yeah, I tried that last night and <laughs> uh, didn't make it didn't make it happen. Um, <laughs> But I think that the life gain, the if it gains life condition, is just so flimsy and not good. Um, but I think that, like, black, I mean, I've, we skipped blue, we can go back. But I think black has, like, a very, very aggressive creature base. And I'm really excited for it. Um, I think that black is actually the color I'm most excited to play um, in this format. Okay. But but uh, anyway, we can go, we can go get to that in a minute um moving on to blue now hmm? um what do you got for blue oh top three commons well i mean just uh just in general unless you have you have some general notes on it right i do i do um so for blue um they have a devoid theme i think they have uh one two three four they have a good number of common devoid like colorless creatures so yeah. they're pretty heavy on the ingest slash processing theme. Yeah. Um, they also have a bunch of flyers and some 
ways to make creatures unblockable so they kind of pair well with white you have a white blue flyers deck which seems like is in every limited set um i like their i like the creatures in this in blue more than white um although <laughs> there's some ones that i'm like not a big fan of like mr intruder um is it the one one flyer? Yeah, it's the one two flyer that within jest for two. I think that's actually fine. I think it's actually fine, if, especially if you're just trying to enable the ingest. Yeah, it depends because it, it has to deal. Doing. I don't. It has it to deal combat damage to ingest, mm-hmm. right? And I think that this is just like you know cheap creature with evasion that's going to get stuff into your opponent's exile so you can uh, bring your processors online. I think that like a lot of these cheaper ingest creatures are going to be necessary in order to start doing your real damage late game. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll just have to like, these are, these are ones you're just gonna have to play with, I think to, to figure out if it's good or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But blue definitely has a colorless creatures matter theme. Um, just because they, they have a creature that gives that pumps your other colorless creature, uh, ruination guides two and a blue for an Eldrazi drone three, two, with Devoid and Ingest and other colorless creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. Yeah, uh, it's an uncommon. Yeah. I like this one a lot. It makes all your Eldrazi Scions two ones, which is kind of insane. Um, and then it has a much less impressive Tide Drifter, which is also an uncommon. It's one in a blue for an O5 creature with Devoid and other colorless creatures you control get plus zero, plus one. So I'm much more interested in pumping the power than, than toughness. Right. Well, same thing with the uh, the two warrior yeah, <laughs> uh, pumps uh, in in cons. Um, something Joey actually mentioned to me earlier this week after listening to last week's show uh, is that these devoid creatures can be cast with Shrine of the Forsaken Gods when it's active. Oh, once you have seven lands in play. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It can cast the devoid creatures. We're so used to seeing a mana symbol and going, "What do we do?" You know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. But those are actually colorless creatures, and you can use that to cast them. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I really I like some of the stuff in blue here. I like I like the Mist Intruder. Like I said, I think that a lot of these are going to be a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Like the Ingest. I think the Ruination Guide is insane. Like, yeah, like you said, Pumping the Scions. That's insane. It's so good. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> I think it's really freaking And good. you're not really paying up for it because this guy already is a 3-2 for 3. Right. It's Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it makes um, the Mist Intruder a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, I think the salvage drone is really good um, because again, it's it's uh, ch- cheap ingest activator, mm-hmm. and I think that like that's going to be way more relevant than we can even imagine right now. I think it's, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to fit more text on a one-drop common creature. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, it's got devoid ingest, and when it dies, you may draw a card, and if you do, discard a card. Like, that's just a lot of abilities for for a one-drop. Yeah. Um, um, I, and it reminds me of Palace Familiar and a bunch of other blue one-drops that have this kind of, like, ability mm-hmm. to quasi-draw a card, which I like, uh, upon death. Yeah. Um, do you want to just go over your top three commons? God, there are so many good commons in blue. Yeah. Like, there really are. Like They're printed just... Anticipate. That's pretty cool. <sighs> You go first. Sure. Uh, number one with a bullet is Clutch of Currents. It's just the uh, blue, just cost blue, sorcery, return target creature to its owner's hand. So sorcery speed, uh, unsummon. But yeah. It has Awaken 3 for 4 and a blue. 
So, yeah, yeah that just seems really good. <laughs> um, so we, we, we learned from Separatist Void Mage just how good this is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if we didn't already know. Um, yeah, and so you get, for one more mana, you get a 3-3 three, three instead. Yeah. And you get the option of just, you know, if you only have one mana up that you can spare, you just, bounce, just bounce. Yeah, bounce a creature. Okay, so that's your number one. Number one by far. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that one's not close. I don't know. Maybe maybe it should be. Maybe it's not. I don't know. All right. Uh, number two, I've got uh, Eldrazi Sky Spawner. Okay. And it's just two and a blue for a two-one uh, Devoid Flyer, and then when it enters the battlefield, you get a one-one Eldrazi Scion. Cool. And then my third one is Salvage Drone. Yep. Um, yeah, we already just talked about that. It's the blue one, one mm-hmm. devoid and jest when it dies, you can draw a card. If you do discard a card. Cool. Uh, I think we're pretty close on these. Um, I'm going to put my number one as anticipate. Okay. Uh, and I think that like my number two and three are exactly the same as yours. Sky spawner salvage drone. They're both really good. Uh, you know, two, one flyer for three is pretty good. Uh, two, one flyer and a one, one for three is very good. And then the salvage drone just has so much text on it. It, it, it. I'd actually get in trouble if I didn't put it in the top three. So, <laughs> so that's my top three for sure. Constructed, do you see anything here at all? Oh, I am the wrong person to ask about blue cards, but... <laughs> uh, let me try to use my imagination. Prism Array! God, <laughs> that card. <laughs> what are they doing? Do you remember those <laughs> awful designs we used to have? <laughs> like, just... just horrible. I just don't know what this card's about. I just... I just don't know. Like, this looks let's, like... Let's... You know, this looks like... If, if, if you told me this was, like, a card from that Tumblr that compiles... Yes! ...the homemade cards... Right! Yeah, I would... I'd be, I'd Why be MTG Cardsmith? Yeah, yeah, this actually might be directly pulled from that. Yeah, I don't want to actually talk about that card. the card entry? I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that card anymore. It hurts my brain. Uh, let's, let's, let me just ask you then about Chris two cards. Let me ask you about two oh, cards. Crystal counters. I'm sorry. It comes into play. With That's right. Counters. It gets the crystal counter. That's the one that gets the crystal counters. That? that is such a card. You mean card. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you remember Coral Reef from Coral. Homelands? It's a blue-blue, blue enchantment, and when Coral Relief comes into play, put four polyp counters on <laughs> You can pay zero and sacrifice an island to put two polyp counters on Coral Reef. You can pay a blue to tap target blue creature you control and remove a polyp counter from Coral Reef to put a plus zero, plus one counter on any target creature. <laughs> What the hell is this card? Well, that's just what Prism Ray reminds me of. So you're not. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Coral. Coral Reef might be the worst magic card ever printed. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> this is. Oh my god, that's a bad card. In the modern era, Prism Ray is up there. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um. Let me. <laughs> Coral Reef is un. Polyp counters? Yeah, why are they bringing back these weird counters? Like, I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to ask you about just two cards then. Sure. In in blue, and you tell me what you think about them for standard. Okay. First is Ugin's Insight. I'll read it. 
Uh, it's two blue and three. It's a sorcery. It's a rare. Scry X, where X is the highest converted mana cost among permanents you control, then draw three cards. No. No. It's a sorcery. It requires permanence in play, which is generally not an axis that uh, control decks go down. Uh, I don't know, dude. What about these Esper Dragons decks that are running dragons? True. And, and the, yeah, and then this would compete for uh, Dragon Lord Ojutai's spot in terms of like five drops. And I would just take the, the Ojutai. Sure, because it has anticipate every time it deals combat damage. Yeah, I mean the obvious the obvious constructed card is scattered scattered to the winds. And that's the other card I was going to ask you. Sure. About. So you think that card will definitely see some play? Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we're, we're losing dissolve. This slots right in, and I mean that's going to be relevant a lot of the time. <laughs> the the awaken mm. cost for three. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, I yeah I like that card. I mean that card's definitely going to see constructed play. I won't be casting it. Someone will. Um, right. I mean, a lot of people will. Um, people are actually talking about Retreat to Coral Helm a lot. For really? modern, yeah. Uh, so Retreat to Coral Helm, two and a blue for an enchantment with landfall, and whenever a lander is the battlefield under your control, you can choose one. You either tap or untap target creature, or scry one. So people are talking about this and neither Reliquary, and so huh. yeah, so. You can tap neither Reliquary, sack a Plains or Forest to search your library and put a land into play, and then that'll trigger this. You can untap the Knight, trigger this, untap the Knight. And so you can tap those lands as they come into play and then sack them huh. and ramp something out really big. And then at the end of the loop, once you've sacked like all your lands, you have this gigantic neither Reliquary. And something else. Yeah. And then you can use the last one to tap their only blocker and swing through. Very interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a little I think it's a little too much setup cost. Probably. I mean, and if you don't have Knight of the Reliquary, you, and you, like you draw Retreat to Coral Helm and not Knight, it's kind of sad. Well, then you get to start scrying, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And they have to be, you have to sacrifice planes or forest. So I, I guess if you're just using it to ramp, then... That's fine, but I mean, in in modern, you're running three colors. You're going to be running a lot of fetch lands. You're going to be running a lot. I mean, I guess you have the the shock lands and stuff. But you'll be dealing a lot of damage to yourself. Yeah. Trying to make this happen, I don't think I don't think it's uh, realistic. But uh, but I can see the idea, and the idea is interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I don't. That's what that's what I have people buying up Knight of the Reliquary right now is because of this card, and I'm, uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting two card combo, but maybe. I mean, I just don't know. Um, I know we didn't do it for white because I think it's probably just Stasis Field. Uh, but do you have a favorite uncommon in blue? Favorite uncommon in blue? Uh, yeah, Stasis, yeah, Stasis uh, Snare is uh, without a question the favorite uncommon. The mythic uncommon white. of white. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I've got Windrider Patrol. Windrider Patrol. Let me see that. It's, that uh, is the three blue blue for a four three Merfolk Wizard with flying, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you scry two. Wow. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Wow, I really like that. You know, I kind of like Halimar Tidecaller. Oh, which one's that? Halimar Tidecaller is a 2-3 for a blue and 2, which already isn't a terrible rate. Mm -hmm. Human Wizard Ally, right? Yeah. So that's 
you know, it's allies, so it's got some synergies there. When it enters the battlefield, you may return target card with Awaken from your graveyard to your hand. Land creatures you control have flying. Huh. That seems really good, especially because you've got in blue, you have um, Clutch of Currents at common, Coastal Discovery That's my number at one common, uncommon. too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you've got that. Um, uh, is there other common ones? There's Rush of Ice at common, and I think that's plenty. I think that's plenty playable. Yeah. Rush of Ice. I mean, this is like, you know, you wind up with this Halimar Tidecaller. You have a real archetype there. If you combined this with, like, white, with, like, Sheer Drop, and um, what are the un- the other common ones in white? We've got Undo Rise. I kind of like Undo Rising. Undo Rising is deceptively good. What is Undo Rising? Undo Rising is a white and one. It's a sorcery. It's an uncommon. Whenever a creature attacks this turn, it gains lifelink until end of turn. That ability sounds stupid, right? That just sounds like, why would you ever pay mana for that? But then the Awaken cost is four and a white, and it's Awaken four. So for three extra mana, you get a four, four. So basically for five mana, you get a four, four lifelinker with haste that says whenever a creature attacks this turn, it gains lifelink until end of turn. Hmm. So you basically pay five mana, you get a four, four lifelinker, you give the rest of your team lifelink. And you swing. I, mean, I think it's I think it's deceptively good because when I read the first half of it without the awaken cost, I was like, this is like the dumbest card I've ever seen. You have to attack, and it gains lifelink till end of turn. Stupid. But getting a four four that has lifelink until end of turn, I think it's really good. Actually, I think it's very good. Um, I really like coastal discovery as well. That was probably my number two uncommon. That was that was really close. Um, cause the way I look at it, it's three and a blue draw two cards, sorcery. And yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It has awakened four for five and a blue. So on each mode, it's one mana more than mold drifter. So it doesn't see and mold drifter is just, you know, off the charts. Good. Yeah. So I just, I miss, I misspoke a little with the, uh, with white as being the other awaken, uh, color because you've only got one common in white with awaken mm. um but but you can see where i'm going with that yeah. with the uh, with the halimar tide caller I and mean, it's definitely something you can you can build around i mean and just just even if you're just even if you're not playing a whole deck revolving around awaken like just being able to get back one of your awaken cards is huge and you don't even have to cast it for the awaken cost. You probably want to because this thing will give your creature flying, you know. But just getting a spell back from your graveyard is good. We know that. That's common knowledge. Um, it has to specifically have awaken, but that's okay. I think it's a good card. So I th- I'm going to actually say that that's my favorite uncommon in in, uh, in blue. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it- and it allows you to earlier on play, like feel less bad about playing your awaken cards for their just regular cost without the yeah 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 there you go in late they game you get them put in some right in your graveyard to get back so yeah uh-huh i do like wind rider patrol though i'm not gonna lie <laughs> it's a pretty good card <laughs> it's really good uh i just wanted to be different from you mm. uh and, and i halimar tide caller is one of those ones that i don't think that like has gotten enough attention so anyway 
black. Let's move into black. Yeah. Um, man, there are a lot of really good cards in black. Like, I think black's my favorite color in this set. Okay. Um, cards I like. Let's just start. I'm just going to run down the list. Sure. Cards I like. Complete Disregard. <laughs> um, complete Disregard is a black and two. Uh, despite uh, Creative's uh, Complete Disregard for coming up with clever names for their cards, uh, it is an instant. It's a common. It has Devoid. And it says Exile Target Creature with Power 3 or less. So uh, this is the card that deals with uh, Ryan's friggin' Mantis Riders. You can shut up about it now, okay? It's over. It's over. The party's over. Uh, Reeve Soul deals with it, too. Anyway, Culling Drone, common. Uh, one and a black. Eldrazi Drone, Devoid, Ingest, a 2-2. Two, two. This is a 2-2 two, two for two. That's something we don't see a lot of. Now, I think with black, that's a good card. Yeah. Uh, you got, you've got Dominator Drone we already talked about before, but I'll read it again. 3-2 for a black and 2. Devoid, ingest. When it enters the battlefield, if you control another colorless creature like, say, Culling Drone, each opponent loses 2 life. Right? On board. Really good. Really freaking good. Um, Grip of Desolation. Uh, that's not an aggressive card, but I just love it. Oh my god. Uh, two black and four instant devoid exile target creature and target land. If they have an awakened land, this says six mana instant exile two target creatures. It's pretty good. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, because for the first time in I don't know how long, black does not have a common destroy X creature. Like, just it doesn't have it. But it's got some really good stuff. I mean, friggin', uh, I mean, Skitter Skin. I mean, God, man, like, look at that curve. Drone, drone, Skitter Skin. Awesome curve. I want to be doing that in, in 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 limited a lot. Like, that's an awesome aggressive curve in a set that is full of big things at the top of the curve. I mean, we're not even talking about Sludge Crawler yet. Sludge Crawler is one mana. It's a 1-1, one, one, Devoid, Ingest, and then two colorless to give it plus one, plus one until end of turn. I mean, that's not the worst rate in the world. I mean, these are just, these are aggressive creatures. Then you've got Swarm Surge. Swarm Surge is a black and two. It's a common sorcery creatures you control get plus two plus oh until end of turn colorless creatures you control also gain first strike until end of turn i mean holy crap those everything except for skitter skin that i read is friggin common well grip of desolation isn't common but complete disregard culling drone dominator drone uh sledge crawler swarm surge these cards are all commons i mean that is a deck yeah, uh, black and red have some aggressive colorless creatures. Like, they have just a, a devoid beatdown theme. Yeah, oh man, it looks good. It looks really good. And then you pair it with, like, Alter's Reap. I mean, Alter's Reap is a really great draw spell. You've got Bone Splinters. Mm -hmm. Now, there you go. There's your destroy target creature, though. I mean, it's conditional, but it is common. And it is in a set that has a bunch of Eldrazi uh, Scions running around. I mean, Black does have a like a minor sacrifice theme. It, it usually it, does, but uh, it does in this right. set as well. Carrier Thrall? Carrier Thrall is amazing. I mean, man, Black just looks so good. 
And then, God forbid, you get a Drano, which we haven't even talked about that card yet. It's a good card. Uh, read Drano. Sure. Because so, this is the vampire that you've been looking for. Uh, Drana, Drana, comma, Liberator of Malakir is one black black for a 2-3 legendary creature vampire ally. It has flying and first strike, and whenever Drana deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one plus one counter on each attacking creature you control. So you get you get how that works, right? Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Like so, it deals first strike damage. Mm-hmm. So it deals damage. Your all your creatures get plus one plus one counters, including including Drana, mm-hmm. which you know won't be relevant until the following turn for Drana. But it will pump your entire swinging team. Oh, it's such a good card. It's it is like just such an amazing card. I can't even. Ugh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous how good Drana is. That's why it's a mythic. Yeah, it's why it's a mythic. Um, I mean, we've also got Dutiful Return. We know probably in my top three best comment. No, I'm kidding. Please, I was like, what? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, another common that I think is actually really good is uh, Geyserfield Stalker. Uh, Geyserfield Stalker is a four and a black. It's a three two. It's an elemental. It has menace, which is super relevant, and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus two plus two until end of turn. So you play a land. It's a five four with menace. I think that's really good. Even if they block with two Scions, I mean, so what? They had to get rid of two of their Scions. I think it's a good card. There's just, I think there's just so much quality in black in the commons, and I'm just really excited about it. Voracious Null. That's an amazing card, too. Do you want to read that? Sure. It's uh, two and a black for a 2-2. Creature Zombie. You pay one and a black, sacrifice another creature, put two plus one plus one counters on Voracious Null. But you can only activate the same time you could ask, uh, cast a sorcery. Yeah, but nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, this is a great way to just get rid of your scions. You've got super value. Oh, it's amazing. I am super. I am super on board with black in this set, except for the uh, whenever you gain life sub theme. <laughs> I'm not on board with that. I actually don't mind the uh, Calastria or whatever Night Watch. Four and a black for a four or five, and whenever you gain life, uh, it gains flying until end of turn. That's not bad. No, that's fine. I mean, the the ability is, you know, it's incidental. Mm-hmm. But a four or five for five is a is a perfectly fine body at common, and uh, you know, with that upside, I think I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's actually fine to good. You know. I've just named like a hundred cards that I like in black. Are there any cards in black that have got you jazzed? Uh, for limited? Sh- yeah, sure. All right. We're talking limited right now. Yeah, so I guess in limited, um, I guess my top three would be, I'm not sure how good complete disregard is. I mean, it's just going to depend on like from draft to seal, that's going to totally change. Um, but I've got that in there. I've got culling drone just because it seems like devoid and ingest is, is a theme and they, I would imagine they want this to work. Watsy does. So that seems like one of the better enablers of it. And then I've got Demon's Grasp, which probably shouldn't be in there. It's five mana for uh, four and a black. Sorcery, target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. That's the closest black gets to common unconditional removal. 
which is to say they don't have it. Okay. Um, I'm going to put my number one at Bone Splinters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, what are you talking about? They don't have good removal. Bone Splinters is, like, the best removal in the set. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, because sacrificing a creature, if you've got tokens, is absolutely not a downside. And even if you don't have tokens, most of the time, you're trading up, you know? So, I think that, uh... I think that Bone Splinters is going to be my number one. Um, I really like Dominator Drone. I just think that's just such a great... It, it, oh, man. Just good. I'm, I'm not sure if it's... I don't know if it's top three worthy, though. Oh, so many good commons. It's so hard to choose in black. I'm going to put Voracious Null up there, too. So I'm going to go with Voracious Null because... Um, the pump is permanent. It's not landfall. Um, if you have tokens, <clears throat> you're getting rid of them there. Bone splinters, same thing. You know, uh, I'm guessing. I guess I've kind of created a, a deck here, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but I like I like both of those a lot. And I think that my number three, culling drone, dominator drone. God, they're so good. They're both so good. I guess I'll. I guess I'll just. Show a little solidarity. I'll go with Culling Drone. <laughs> sure. Uh, the the mythic uncommon in black for me, I think, is Grip of Desolation. But absolutely, absolutely, it's 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 kind of expensive, but it's it's a it's not expensive when you're playing against ten drops. Yeah. Um, uh, for constructed, uh, there's a there's there's actually a few cards in black that I like a lot. Um, there's the uh, Colostria Healer, which is one in the black for a creature, Vampire, Cleric, Ally. It's a 1-2, which is obviously not uh, playable in itself, but it has Rally. And whenever uh, Colostria Healer, Colostria, whatever, Healer or another ally enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So It's Calistriae. Oh, of course. Um, Calistriae Healer. So I was just looking at that because I wanted to make a Rally the Ancestors, but ally deck. <laughs> so you have to have Rally-themed cards in there? Sure. Well, it's just that, yeah, you get all your you get all your allies. You, they swing a lot better than the Elves in the uh, Rally Elves deck. And then you just bring them all back to life and just drain for a million. <laughs> I guess our, uh, our episode title from like a couple months maybe many many months back uh still holds true <laughs> rally the podcasters who are way too excited about rally the ancestors like that's actually what i called one of our episodes oh yeah i know and yeah i i think that's still still a truth uh the the other card i like a lot is zula port cutthroat it's uh one in a black for a one one awesome stats obviously yeah. Not really. Uh, it's a creature, ho- uh, human, rogue, <laughs> ally. And whenever it or another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. That's okay. You just combine this with your voracious null and your bone splinters. Yeah, I'm looking at this for constructed. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. I so loved, what are you looking at? I loved Blood Artist back in Innistrad Constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a few sacrifice creatures that gain you value in the set. Um, 
There's the Smothering Abomination, which I think we talked about already. The two black yes. black four three flyer with Devoid. Yeah, that's the one that I think is like a real serious contender for constructed. Yeah, and then there's just a whole bunch of creatures that get you incidental value when you when they die. And it's kind of a way to it's it's similar to there's like an Abzan Aristocrats deck in modern. And I think it actually top sixteen GP Oklahoma City. Nice. And it's just got a bunch of sacrifice effects, blood artists, and Abzan um ascendancy. Right. And so it's got a whole bunch of like just creatures that die and make a token or whatever. And there's several of those in the set. And you just get a sacrifice outlet and just start sacking creatures, making spirits, and then draining your opponent to death. And then combining that with Rally of the Ancestors. And like all those pieces or similar pieces are in standard right now. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a either mono black, black green, or probably Abzan deck that Sam Black, I'm sure, will brew the best version of. <laughs> of that we can we can put together for standard. So I'm looking at that uh, Zillaport Cutthroat as like a an engine for that deck to like give a get a combo finish uh, mm. with Rally the Ancestors or something something along those lines. That's pretty much all I got for black. I think in constructed at least. I mean, Drana if there's a if there's an ally deck. I mean that's that's playable in it obviously. Oh, actually, Obnixilis is a lot better than yeah. I gave him credit for. Yeah, no crap. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I slotted him into an updated Abzan control deck, and he was he was quite good. Yeah, no crap. I say again to you, yes, very good card. Let's go to red. What do you think about Nettle Drone? Uh, I mean, as someone that likes red cards and red aggressive cards, I like him a lot. But he's a he's a three one, so he attacks pretty well on his own. Oh, wow. I didn't even look at the power toughness. Yeah, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a 200 red for a 3-1 Devoid, and you can tap him to deal one damage to each opponent, and whenever you cast a colorless spell, you untap him. So he can get, he can get in a lot of damage. So let's say, yeah. let's say, I mean, your opponent has an empty board. That's trouble, because he swings for three, and then if you have, I'm imagining you're playing either... Let's say Dominator Drone. Yeah, let's, let's say yeah, that sure. for fun. You cast your Dominator Drone. You untap them. You ping. They lose two life. Yeah, so they. So you tack with this. They take three. You play your Dominator Drone. They lose two. You untap. You tap. They take one. Man, that's good. Yeah, you just dealt six damage. That's amazing. Yeah, so I'm imagining you're pairing the black. So so red has a lot of red and black have a lot of low drop aggressive want to attack creatures that are devoid. I mean, that's a sub theme uh-huh. of those, those that that color pair, and I, I think uh, red, black, and red, blue are the main like those are the main devoid beat down colors. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like Nettle Drone. Um, it's that's actually this is like actually one of the decks I want to test um, for standard because I think red and black have the makings of like a devoid beat down strategy. Huh. Uh, so there's Kozilek Sentinel. He's a one red for a one four. So that's it's a lot of toughness for a two drop. Yeah. Uh, it's got Devoid, and whenever you cast a colorless spell, it gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you have a low curve and it, and a deck with just a ton of Devoid creatures, uh, and I mean for constructed for standard, um, he can actually get in for a reasonable amount of damage. I mean, hmm. I don't know about this one. It's uh, maybe. If it was like 
plus two plus O. But most of the color spells are going to cost you. I'm saying most of the color spells are going to cost like two or three. Mm, not ghost part. So I, I can't imagine this being more than like a three four attacking. And that's fine for a two drop. I guess so. Yeah, I guess you're right. And it blocks really well if Stan's going to have a lot of aggressive decks, uh, decks going forward. It's true. It's very true. God, I what. Wizards, please stop printing the enchantment that does stuff based on the sub-theme of a color. Please. Why? It's lazy? I hate these cards. I hate these cards. There's one in every set. And I think I complain about them. Every set. Molten Nursery. I like this card. Stupid. Every time. It's like, it's an enchantment that when you cast, when you do whatever the set does it deals a damage to something like not good don't like it and i guess in multiples it would be okay and this i don't even want to i don't even want to try to make a situation where i would like this card uh now a card that i do like in this whole aggressive strategy is processor assault processor assault is one in a red it's a sorcery it's an uncommon it's devoid as an additional cost to cast, put a card an opponent owns from exile into their graveyard, deals 5 damage to target creature. Good solid removal spell. If you're playing the Devoid in Jest deck, you're going to have the cards to choose from. Just good. Just really good. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm too scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too scared to, to play such a... Because like, that's a very conditional card. You have to... You have to have a devoid strategy. You have, to, uh, I'm sorry, an ingest strategy. You have to an ingest strategy that's faster than your opponent because that means you're getting in with ingest, and, and that's all possible. And and at which case this would be a very good rate, um, but not like unheard of. Like it's not, it's like not amazingly better than roast, which is what we've gotten before. But here's the other thing though. Touch of the void is a red and two. It's devoid. And it's a sorcery, it's a common. Touch of the Void deals 3 damage to target creature or player. If a creature dealt damage this way would die this turn, exile it instead. So you don't necessarily... Now this is the one thing that I think that we're not wrapping our head around yet. Is that these cards like Processor Assault don't just hit cards that were exiled within Jest. True. They hit things that were exiled with like touch of the void or another one that we didn't talk about Oh, the black card is no is spell shrivel mm -hmm. spell shrivel is a blue and two it's an instant it's devoid it's a common counter target spell unless it's controller pays four if that spell is countered this way exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard mm -hmm. So that's another way to exile they were not just exiling things within jest yeah, I mean, there's grave birthing in black. I mean, there's a few different ways to do this, but I, 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 until proven otherwise, I'm going to say it's a trap. Grave birthing is a very bad card, by the way. Don't play it. Um, but it does it does draw a card. It replaces itself, I guess. And it gives you an Eldrazi drone. Well, Skyon. 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 TC. It... I don't know. Scion. I like. I like Ondu Champion. <laughs> Ondu Champion. Yeah, it's just a read it's it. two, uh, two red red for a four three Minotaur Warrior Ally. So, yeah. 
Go buy back those didgeridoos you sold. Yeah, get your didgeridoos. (laughs) Get your didgeridoos. It has rally. Whenever Ondu champion or another ally enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control gain trample until end of turn. Eh, Just a solid body. I don't really like it. A solid body, sure. I've never been a big fan of, like, cards that just give your creatures trample. Mm -hmm. Like, just in general, like that. Because that ability has been on uh, a lot of different creatures, where it's like when this creature enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample until end of turn. Without any sort of pump, I've never been really into that ability. Well, you're not really paying for it here. Um, Well, I guess you're paying two red-red, which is a little harder to cast than like three and a red. But Mm -hmm. two red-red for four-three is fine, especially in this set where there's not like... That that tumbles with everything that costs four or less in the set. Giving your creatures trample prevents the ramp decks from just jumping in the early game with their Eldrazi Scions, so I, I like mm-hmm. it. Sure, yeah, okay, and I can see that with, with Eldrazi Scions being in the format. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, let's, let's just go down our three favorite commons from red real quick. Sure. What are yours? I've got uh, Valakut Invoker. As your number one? Uh, number two. I've actually got okay. Ondu Champion as my number one, which, I mean... Ondu Champion number one? Yeah. Huh, The thing is, okay. is like, I think, like, all the red commons were very close. So, it, it was much more of a flat power curve for, for red. Um, okay. There's just less clunkers than a lot of the other colors. Um, yeah, so, Valakut Invoker, two and a red for a 2-3 creature, Human Shaman. Shaman? Shame. <laughs> and it cost eight. It has an activated ability. You pay eight, and it'll deal three damage to our creature or player. I like I like I like uh, incidental just mana outlets, and that's a I mean that's a lot of mana. But red and green have like a ramp sub theme, and this seems like a decent like early game block block all the two twos for twos running around, and then late game if you got nothing else to do with all the mana you generated, you just start pinging people. Yeah. All right. I, I mean I, I don't I don't hate it. I'm more I'm more dubious. But I'm like kind of like I don't know about the Andu champion choice, but uh, and then I've got Valakut Predator as my last favorite one. Uh, okay. Two in a red, two two landfall get, gets plus two plus two. Sure. Yeah. Great. Absolutely love it. For me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna deviate from you strongly on sure. this one. Um, I'm gonna go with Nettle Drone number one. Uh, because I think Nettle Drone is insane. Uh, I didn't even realize it was a 3-1. I was just kind of like, sweet, yeah, just deal some damage, play a thing, untap it. That's good. But it's like you can swing in with it for 3 and then untap it. I mean, uh, it seems really good. Yeah, like that, that probably should be in the top 3. I like that one a lot. <laughs> like, the more I think about I, it, like in terms of like, cards I want to play, like that's, <laughs> that's higher than any of the ones I named. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so I'm going to go with that as my number 1. Um for my number two, oh, I'm not, I don't want to go with that. I was gonna, I'm gonna say Shore Strike for my number two, because I think that's a really strong combat trick. Uh, one in a red instant, target creature gets plus three plus zero and gains first strike until end of turn. Uh, Shore Strike, first strike, it seems good. Uh, it seems like you're pretty much gonna win any combat that you cast this in. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a lot of power, and then adding the first strike just pretty much makes sure that your creature survives too. Uh, I think it's really really good. Um, 
And then for my number three, <laughs> I was tempted to say outnumber, but I'm starting to think of how bad that is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Um, if I mean, if you're playing a combination with a really strong uh, Scion sub-theme, and blue-red is a real deck. I mean, there are several blue-red uh, gold cards in this set that would suggest that they want blue-red to be a real deck. Right? Yeah. So, so it's very possible that you have scions running around and you're able to use that for a lot, but I'm not going to go with that. I'm not feeling that. Not outnumber. I think I'm going to go with the Valakut Predator as well. Um, either that or Volcanic Upheaval. What the hell is Volcanic Upheaval? you got to be kidding me with this crap. What is this? <laughs> I, I, Demolish was at least a sorcery, though, right? Yeah, it was a sorcery. I think okay. this will be the first time that this might be playable, depending on what your opponent's trying to do. I can see, I can see boarding this in against like an awakened strategy. Yeah, and I think that's fine. So yeah, instant speed. But I was looking. I was like, "Are you got to be kidding?" Like at first, I looked at it and went, "What? It's a worse demolish." Why would they ever print that and not just reprint Demolish? But I didn't think about the fact that Demolish is so bad that not only is it four mana to destroy target land, but it's sorcery speed. So, yeah, Demolish was even worse than I'm giving it credit for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I like I said, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on number three, Valakut Predator. I think it's a really good card. I mean, just... Uh, you know, a four, four for three. It's good. Yeah. And then uh, mythic uncommon, obviously rolling thunder. Why do you, okay. So you really do think rolling thunder is that? Good. I think it's fantastic. I don't know. Isn't it? I, th I think it's really good. If, 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 if we're seeing the kind of aggressive decks that we've been uh, talking about tonight, mm -hmm. then sure, it's fine. If we're ca if we're casting eight mana Eldrazi's like breaker of armies, no problem. Then rolling thunder is ridiculous. But it doesn't really do anything against Breaker of Armies. That's my problem with it. Is that it's like, okay, if people are spending 8 mana to cast Breaker of Armies, you're probably not spending 10 mana to kill it with Rolling Thunder. No, but you're spending 8 mana to wipe everything other than Breaker of Armies, which then makes it much less impressive relative to your board. Yeah, okay. Like, we just talked I... about all these, like, Nettle Drones and... <laughs> yeah, this, else, this, this will this will take out every scion in one go. But so will uh, so will the freaking uh, boiling earth though. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at just dealing one damage to each creature, you can just tap two for that, or you can tap seven and get a four four body. Which I don't. I'm not sitting there saying boiling earth is a really good card, but it does kind of the same thing. Uh, as Rolling Thunder, no, that seems, not even that seems, remotely. Yeah, it seems a little. No, Rolling Thunder can like it's just it's just whatever you want to do with with the mana. I mean, yeah. if you, I mean, it even goes in the aggressive deck because then it's just a fireball to the face if you yeah. clear their board. I mean, it just has it just does whatever. All right, all right, all right. I'm not gonna talk any more smack about Rolling Thunder. It's a good card. I'm just I'm just wondering if it's good here. That's all. You know, that's my only. My only question, and I think it's a question that still remains to be answered, is if Rolling Thunder is good in this. Oh, it's un 
it's certainly good. It's just we don't know if it's like amazing. Right. Okay. Fine. Fair. Um. Perfect. Perfectly fair. Um, there's a few constructed cards I'll talk about briefly. Um, I think Ben was talking about Crumble to Dust in the red green Tron mirrors from Modern, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, because you can go get it with um, uh, what is that green sorcery? Look at the top five cards of your deck. Get a colorless card. Yes. Yeah. You see Ancient Stir. Yeah. So because Crumble to Dust is devoid, you can actually go get it with that. Wow. Very good. Yeah. That's fun. So that's a pretty interesting sideboard card for the mirror because <laughs> it would just uh-huh. break that wide open. Um, wow. Uh, turn against. This is back for limited. I just think that's really good. <laughs> I, I love instant speed. Um, active treason. Oh, it's instant speed. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm talking about. Four and a red gain control target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains. Wasn't the last one we had that was instant speed. Wasn't that active aggression in new Phyrexia? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has. And now, new, although that one could have cost three mana and four life, which I like better, but uh, this is still fine. Um, yeah, instant speed. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I also, I'm way out of consensus on this one, but I like Vile Aggregate. What is that? It's two and a red creature Eldrazi drone. It's an X5, and X is, uh, the power is equal to the number of colorless creatures you control. And it has trample and ingest, and so I like this. Oh, I, I like this, this is fine. standard. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're a maniac. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if there is a devoid beatdown deck, I think this slots right in. I mean, because Ghostfire Blade is just amazing in that deck, right? Yeah. True. Um, yeah. This plus Hangerback Walker, like. If you have, like, a three- or four-counter hangerback walker that dies, now you have, like, four little flyers, this is a 5-5 five, five trampler for three. Oh, God. That's really good. All right. All right. That strategy's there. I'm working on it. All I'll, right. I'll, All right. I'll come back with an update later. We'll All see. All right. This is, this is interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, that okay. one's, like, <laughs> people definitely uh, – I haven't seen a lot of talk about that yet. So I'm yeah. way out. The Hangerback Walker, I can see it. The Eldrazi Scions, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's already a 1 5 for 3, which is like, it's blocking everything. It blocks. Mm-hmm. It's a 3 mana red aggro card that blocks a Siege Rhino. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's not a terrible deal. No, it's not at and all. And it's got You're trample. It can't right. be chump blocked. True. Very true. Okay, sorry. Oh, yeah, you're good, you're good. I, I love it in Limited. I mean, I love this card um, in the uh, aforementioned uh, aggressive Devoid deck. You know, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. I, think it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm whew, boy, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you how excited I am about playing these, uh, this black-red Devoid deck. Um, I think, um, uh, I think Radiant Flames will see play, <laughs> just because we don't have, like, sweepers anymore. Like, there's no really cheap sweepers in Standard right now. Yeah, Anger of the Gods is on its way out. Yeah, and everyone was just playing Bile Blight and Drown Sorrow anyway. Those are all on their way out. Yeah, so I think the fact that you can like kind of customize Radiant Flames, maybe it might see some play. And then, um, uh, so with the Mono Red deck, people are, you know, the thing is it's losing some pretty important two drops. It's losing Lightning Strike, which there's not really a replacement for that. Well, actually, no, there is. Uh, so I've been, I've been, I've been brewing a little bit, and this one's a pretty obvious deck. But red green landfall. Um, yeah. 
So it's missing. Uh, so the mono red deck's losing Eidolon of the Great Revel and some losing Lightning Strike. And basically, uh, I've just slid in McKindy Slide Runner and a Tarkus Command. Huh. Yeah, I mean, with the mana base you can run right now, uh, you can run like up to 12 fetch lands in red green wow. and it run and it, and it operates just fine. So, I mean, getting like a four, three trampler for one in a red is, is really, <laughs> that's standard playable. Yeah. And the fact that, uh, you can use the much maligned ability on a Tarkus command to put a land from your hand. on the Oh God, you could, you could do, you could do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, a Tarkus command is good with, with uh, Swift Spear and uh, Abbot of Carol Keep anyway, so. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so basically the, the deck I've been playing um, that I think so far is the best post uh, Battle for Zendikar standard deck that I've tried yet is basically the same as the current mono red deck, except Lightning Strike and Eidolon are replaced with McKinney Slide Runner and a Tarkus command. And mm-hmm. then uh, one drop running a uh, sky leopard instead of the uh the guy that has fire breathing yeah and, lightning berserker yeah uh isn't that not rotating though? it's not isn't that in dr- yeah so you still got that. yeah but once you're in on the uh landfall theme and you're splashing green you might as well run the three drop one yeah the, the, the one right. the three power one drop <laughs> and then uh once you've uh, got the mckinney sl- uh slide runner in um i've got a couple of uh titan strength just because, yeah, I mean, you go fetch a land, it's a 4-3 Titan Strength, 7 damage, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. And then 2 become immense, because once you're running 12 fetch lands, and a yeah. bunch of instants, then you're, oh, you're yeah. really talking about some damage. <laughs> that's awesome. So, that's uh, I like that one. So, I, I definitely, I mean, I'll be probably running McKinney Slide Runner Week 1, so I think that'll see standard play. <laughs> nice. Um, what about Dragon Master Outcast? Don't like it. Really? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's there's some ingredients for a red ramp aggro like deck, I guess. Um, but I was like actually looking at this card and I actually did like a deck search for the last standard it was it was in and it didn't really see much play. No, it didn't. Uh, it was mostly like a sideboard card and like Naya decks and stuff like that. Well, we were dealing with a very different standard then, True. too, you have to remember. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that card, and they've also got another mythic uh, Akum Firebird that has, like, you know, late... It, it's like an aggro card that has late-game power. Um, and so does, um, gosh, the card from Dragon's Dark here, the red-red 2-2. Yeah, I know what you're talking I, about. I don't it know it has dragon it in it life. because you can pay one red to give it plus one, plus zero, and you can pay red to give it flying. So it's like a two-drop for, you know, 2-2 two, two for for two that you know it has scale in the late game so there are the makings of a red deck that has like versatile uh, aggressive creatures that have like late game potential uh I, I i want no part of it because i just want to kill you on turn four or five um but <laughs> right. there's you know someone out there they can do something with that that's this is not my game i'll be All doing right. my red green landfall and god willing my black red devoid beatdown deck <laughs> vile aggregate I hope to be playing that in limited a lot. I'm gonna force the crap out of that deck. That's gonna be good. Um, Home stretch green. So green, yeah. I haven't looked at green much, or I haven't thought about green too much, to be honest with you. I don't know why. I have a lot of trouble evaluating green cards. I think I've said that before. Yeah. On the show. Um, they've got a yeah, sure. They've got a minor uh, devoid theme, uh, mm-hmm. 
but it's mostly just ramp. This is where the ramp is. Yes, it is. Uh, and landfall. Yes. So this also has like some of the, the sack outlets that I uh, alluded to earlier. It's got a card called Blister Pod. It's just green for a 1-1 Eldrazi drone with Devoid. And when it dies, you put a 1-1 colorless Eldrazi Scion creature token out of the battlefield. Yeah. I actually like that in the uh, the black-green or black or Abzan Sacrifice standard deck. Uh, well, yeah, you've also got Carrier Thrall mm-hmm. uh, in black, which is one in a black, 2-1, same thing. Yeah, and then there's the, um, from Fate Reforged, there's a one in a black creature that's like a 1-1, but when it dies, you manifest the top card of your deck. So there's there's some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, there's almost, there's, there's definitely a critical mass. There's enough creatures that do that type of thing. Um, just, just need to see if the actual engine cards or enabler cards are there. Oh man. I really, was a, what's it called? Like Sultai Emissary? Mm-hmm. Man, I really like that with like Blister Pod. Yeah. Cause you just keep the party going, man. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's cool. I like that a lot. That's really fun. That one I haven't tested yet. And I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to wait until Sam Black puts out a deck list because I, I just know he will. <laughs> I, I'm just going to go with my top three commons really quick. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, Brood Hunter Worm. These are like not fun cards. It's just like three and a green for a four three, period. Okay, okay yeah. Um, Life Spring Druid. That's a bet on Ramp being good and uh, Converge being good or multiple like color fixing being good. It's uh, two and a green for a two-one creature elf druid. You tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Yeah, and it's a uh, rare. Was it uncommon? Common. 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 That's not bad. I mean, that's fixing. It's expensive, but it's a common fixing. Everything seems like one mana more expensive than usual in this set. I think they're just trying <laughs> to slow things down. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah. Like rampant growth is one mana more, but it's instant speed. You know. So that's one of your top three. Yeah, right, right, right. And I'd, I'd gladly, though, in this set, would pay one mana more for the instant speed. I think so. I think I think, I think think you'll have time for it. And I have Snapping Gnarlid. It's one green for a 2-2. Two, two. Um, that has Landfall whenever, oh, you know, Landfall gets plus one, plus one. Oh, that's really good. I mean, that's a 2-2 that's, a two, two that's pretty much swinging for three or four. On turn in turn limited three? three, unless you have like rampant growth or something weird. Oh, you could have uh, you could have friggin' uh, the card we were just talking about natural connection. Yeah, that's true. Play your land, tap three, play the natural connection. You got a four four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, two in the green, unnatural aggression. It's devoid, and then it's just a fight card. Um, <laughs> retreat to Kazandu is kind of brutal for the mono red deck. It's a two and a green enchantment landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, you can either put a plus one plus one counter on target creature, or you can gain two life. Right, right. I was yeah. We were talking. I don't think you took that very seriously when we first were talking. Well, it's just got a silly name. I've been testing it in the sideboard of the red green landfall uh, aggro deck. So (laughs) when I actually played with it, I'm like, oh no, (laughs) you maniacs. (laughs) Yeah, I could get out of hand quick. Yeah. I, so I do like uh, reclaiming vines to green green destroy target artifact enchantment or land. It's a good cyborg uh-huh. card. It's a good catch all. Sure. Oh yeah, sure. It's, it, I wish it was bramble crush. Honestly, mm. it seems like they really want planeswalkers to survive, which isn't cool. 
Bramble Crush was a much better card. Oh, There's yeah. There's no reason to not just reprint Bramble Crush here, I feel. Because, I mean, I think there's going to be so many feel-bads from, like, the green player having to face down an Obnixilis and being, like, reclaiming vines. Oh, I hate you, wizards. You know, like, why couldn't it just be Bramble Crush? Because that kills Obnixilis. But anyway. Is Beast Collar Savant good? Beast Collar Savant. Let's see. Beast Collar Savant is 1 and a green. It's a 1-1 one, one elf shaman ally. It has haste. It's hanging out with a Lotus Cobra. Mm-hmm. And it says tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast a creature spell. It's a shredded elf. He's pretty ripped. Um, the one, okay. I will say yes, but not because of the, uh, the ramp. Mm-hmm. I'll say yes because of the ally with haste. Mm. Because he triggers all the ally abilities and then can turn sideways. So let's say like the turn before you played your uh, whatever the hell it's called that I can't find the Tejuru War Caller, right? Mm-hmm. You pump your team. The next turn you drop this. It pumps the team again and it gets to swing with everything else. So I think that that's uh, good. Oh, you know, one of our uh, listeners pointed out that, and I think, I thought that we had mentioned that we realized this. One of our listeners pointed out on Twitter that, you know, the rally effects hit all of your creatures Mm -hmm. and not just your allies, which we knew that. I don't know, maybe we didn't, we weren't clear about it on the show. Yeah, it's it's probably why they're a little more expensive (laughs) than the Mm -hmm. the allies from... Originals in the car, right? Um, oh, okay. So, uh, speaking of which, uh, back in red, there's a chasm uh-huh. guide. It's three and a red for a goblin scout ally. It's a three-two, but it has rally okay. that gives all your creatures haste. It has haste. It has haste, and when you rally the ancestors, you can actually swing with everybody. Man, that's ridiculous. So that's kind of cool. I really, I really like that. I really like that. I really like Rally the Ancestors. <laughs> I'm, I'm biased because I just played it to some moderate success at a tournament. So. Yeah, but there's so many stupid, cool things you can do with that card. Yeah. I just like that card a lot. Oh, it's cool. Really cool. Anyway, um, so you named your three favorites. Um, let's see. My three favorite commons. Um... I'm going to go with an old favorite, a reprint, uh, Territorial Bailoth. Nice, big, fatty. Can't really go wrong. Uh, just just good stuff. Um, that's one of my three favorite commons. Swell of Growth is obviously another one of my favorite commons uh, because of the combat trick. With the instant speed landfall triggers, uh, just seems really strong. Um and then for my last one, let's see. I think that it's going to be Unnatural Aggression because Unnatural Aggression is a, a good fight card. Yeah. And uh, and Instant Speed fight card. And it exiles the creature for, uh, for your processors, which is pretty good. Mm. I, like, I like the Instant Speed fight because... You can swing with your creature, 
and then you can fight something else. Like the, you could really do some crazy stuff with that. I didn't even realize it was instant speed before I like started naming it as one of my favorites. So it's definitely one of my favorites now. Um, with the added added bonus of exiling something, I just think it's really good. Great card. So those are my three, and I think I'm pretty pretty solid on those. Uh, just got to give a shout out to old school territorial bailoth. No sure. Doubt. And if you know if you hit your land drop, cast a swell of growth on it. Bam, ten ten. Yeah. No doubt. So yeah. So now we've got. Uh, have we looked at many of these? The the gold cards. We've got a decent amount of gold. Uh, cards. There's one for we... every color combination, actually. There is. There's at least one for every com- color combination. You're right. I think we've looked at most of them, right? Uh, yes. We did look at Resolute Blade Master. Mm-hmm. What about March of the Tomb? What do you think about that? So, in testing the Black White Allies, that was like one of the right because you were talking about yeah, yeah, that was one of the best cards in the deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's three black, uh, white. I'm doing this from memory. Sorcery. Uh, and then you can bring t- like any number of allies up to a total converted mana cost of eight back to the battlefield, period. They don't get exiled later or anything. Right. I think that's really good. Yeah, I think we talked about most of them. Uh, we didn't talk about Sire of Stagnation. Sire of Stagnation. Okay. It's a four blue-black for a creature Eldrazi. It's a 5-7 with Devoid. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, that player exiles the top two cards of his or her library, and you draw two cards. People are going nuts over this. People are going nuts over this in, like, both directions. Like, Shaheen hates it. Oh, really? Okay, good. All right, I'm on Team Shaheen. Even though I'm not Shaheen on Team Esper it. normally, but... Shaheen thinks it's it's no good. Yeah, that's what I thought. Everyone was like loving uh, it. it. It it seems it seems like an interesting sideboard card as like an anti landfall strategy. Yeah, but you're you're or blue like, black. How are you going to get under their their ramp at six mana? Yeah, you're right. Well, you board wipe at five. I yeah, guess, and then you drop this. You got languish. You know, you just languish and then drop this i don't know but yeah i mean i guess like six mana how many more lands are they gonna play yeah it's or like are they gonna even play any more lands at that point like if you've got this out don't they have the choice of not playing the lands (laughs) yeah i mean if you could cheat this out on turn two or something like okay sure i'd be going nuts over a five seven on turn two but uh, it's not what we <laughs> right, have. It's not, re- yeah. it's not reality. Oh, hey, Forerunner of Slaughter is is black and red. We've already looked at bl- this card, oh, but believe me. we've are. It's but in the but deck. I'm just saying, it's like, the, man, it's in the black red, devoid, beat down Damn, deck. It's so good. It's so friggin' good. Black red is such a good. I think black red is like the best color combination in limited for this set. Maybe I putting that out there. Putting that know. out there. I do like the black creatures. I like the red ones as well. They think I just feel like that color combination is really going to spoil the party for the people who are trying to ramp into big. I things. think black, red, and blue will do that. Those are my three favorite black. colors in the set so far. I think. Okay. I think white's mediocre, and I think green's okay. Green's green's good. I think green's really good. Um, yeah, green's got a green, plan. Green is going to 
is going big. And green is the deck, is the color that you want to be in if you're going big. Um, but, but it, I mean, if you can make it work, you're going very big. And I think that that's really good. I, I, but I think that the black-red deck and going under the green deck, I think, is going to be my strategy of choice. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that in standard, I hope. I th- I'm hoping to do that in draft. Like, without question, I'm hoping to just black-red draft the crap out of it. Of course, uh, I do have to draft with uh, Lawson, who will pack one, pick one, Titan Strengths. So, uh, might have trouble forcing Wait, that. what? <laughs> Lawson is... Uh, Zandy is uh, Jeff's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've met him. And... Uh, <laughs> He is, he just drafts the most aggressive decks, and, like, he is actually pack one, picked one, Titan Strength before to force red. That's, I don't know if that's planting your flag or sending a signal, though. He, he won. He won the draft that day, so, hmm. yeah, so, you know, results matter. Um, <laughs> pretty sick. Man, Herald of Kozilek seems really good, too. Yeah, we talked about that last week, I think. We did. Yeah, we definitely did. So, uh, uh, maybe someone I was talking about that in Modern. Really? Yeah, someone on Brainstorm Brewery, I think. And they were talking about it as, like, you play with all the eggs. Okay. Because then they're free. So maybe it's Brain Broken Brewery, because that just doesn't sound right. I don't like it. <laughs> don't like all it. All the one man, you know, draw card effects for free. You start cycling really fast. Because they're, yeah. one, they're one mana, now they're free. But there's, I mean, there's the... The deck that already does that—that's super fragile—with the pure steel paladin. Oh, you know and it. It's not. Yeah, good. you're right. And it's not good. And it's not good. Although I want to build it because it's hilarious, but it's not good. You know. So, I don't think that this is good. If that's not good, and that's already a deck, then this isn't good either. Hmm. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Pilgrim's eyes. What else back. we got? Yes, yes. Mike Flores is jumping for joy. He's probably home right now. Just jumping up and down. He's probably been doing it since they spoiled it. Ally Encampment Suite would be a lot sweeter if allies were playable and standard. <laughs> Word. Um, you know what I really like? I like Hedron Blade and Pathway Arrows. I like both of these equipments a lot. All right. I'm gonna read them. I'm gonna read them both. I'm talking about limited here. Most of what I'm saying. Is okay, about good. Here. Hedron Blade is one mana. It's an equipment. It's a common. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. Whenever equipped creature becomes blocked by one or more colorless creatures, it gains death touch until end of turn, equipped two. So uh, this is a great way to punch through some of those big Eldrazi's late game. Um, I mean, it's an equipment. You're playing aggro. It's cheap to cast, cheap to equip. A little buff. Nothing wrong with that. And not to mention the fact that, like, the other aggro decks are also running colorless creatures. I think it's good. Um, and then Pathway Arrows is one colorless uh, equipment. It's an uncommon. Uh, equipped creature has tap two and tap. This creature deals one damage to target creature. If a colorless creature is dealt damage this way, tap it and equip two. So I like both of those as ways to uh, be able to 
when someone finally gets their mana up and sticks their Eldrazi that they think is going to get them back in the game. I think these are both great ways to continue to make that player sad and keep their Eldrazi out of, you know, blocking distance. I like that it, like, can keep an Ulamog at bay. It can. It absolutely can. Um, it can't. Hedron Blade cannot. <laughs> but but Pathway Arrows can, at least when you're attacking. But I, I think they're both think a little they're... too expensive for underwhelming effects in Limited, but I, I think... It, it it'd be it's a good card if you have like if your opponent has an Eldrazi you can't deal with. That's what I'm saying. I mean I'm saying like I think the Hedron Blade is actually just fine. The Pathway Arrows is a little more conditional. Uh I think that's definitely more of a sideboard card, but um if you play against the Eldrazi ramp deck, uh it probably would be smart to have at least one Pathway Arrows in your sideboard. Hedron Blade, I think, is main deckable, and I think it's just fine. It's okay. Slabhammer's terrible. God, yes. Why? Can we agree with that? I guess they just thought Adventuring Gear was just way, way, way too good. I and mean, it was. Return... <laughs> you want to return a land? Hey, guess what? I'm trying to ramp. I got my landfall deck, but I want to ramp into an Eldrazi. I'm going to return my lands to my hands. Yeah, so... Seems... God, it costs to... <laughs> to play it, you have to pay two to equip and then and you still haven't gotten a benefit no yet. and then it's when it attacks you put the land back to your hand so you don't get the landfall trigger in combat <laughs> this is just terrible <laughs> it's like the i think slab hammer is the worst card in the set <laughs> it's pretty bad i think it's slab hammer is the worst card in the set do you remember adventuring gear like yes. this isn't it this is an insult <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was one mana to play one mana to equip landfall plus two plus two i think i'd rather have razor boomerang god i don't, I don't even remember that one it was one of the worst cards i've ever seen printed but of course i didn't look at coral reef i think that just makes my head hurt i like these blighted lands except for the red one i like the red one i think it's fine do you really yeah yeah, okay. It's, it's I mean, I guess it's like, like a free. If it's, it's free. a free spell, yeah, if it's free, yeah. it's fine. Uh, it's a lot of mana, though. It's it like is. the. It's a lot of friggin' mana. I totally get a land that costs six to draw two cards. Mm -hmm. You know, because like at four, that would be way too much. Five and sacrifice target opponent sacrifices a creature. That's amazing. These are the. This is a cycle of lands. I'm just kind of colorless, them. and they tap They're for colorless. one colorless, but they have spell effects. If you sack them and mm -hmm. pay a color. Four and a red sacrifice deal two damage to our creature or player. It just seems so weak in comparison to all the other abilities. Blighted step. Three and a white. Sacrifice it. You gain two life for each creature you control. Sad face, aggro deck. Sad face. Three and a green. Sacrifice bladed woodland. Search your library for two basic land cards. Put them on the battlefield tap, then shuffle that the library. That one's actually really There's, good. It is really, really good. Really, really good. Because um, that's the deck that I would really be interested in that effect. And it's an uncounterable, just free, on your land, rampant growth. Yeah. Double rampant growth. Uh, no, because you're sacking a land to do it. But double landfall. De yeah, double landfall. So it's an explosive... That's what I'm talking about. Uh, not explosive vegetation. Uh, harrow. Yes, Correct. For, like there's the cycle of 
common ETB tap lands that uh, tap for a single color. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we like any of these? Oh, sure. I think Looming... Yeah, actually, I think, I think they're Yeah, I think good. Looming Spires is fine. Um, yeah, like a red deck, sure. A free pump spell and first strike on one of your creatures. Maybe one with Trample with Landfall. That seems yeah. not too bad. Um, give that thing first strike and Landfall. Uh, Sandstone Bridge, plus one, plus one, and Vigilance is pretty good. That's white. I think, that's, I think that one's really good. Um, the blue one is... I don't know. There's not a deck I could think of that would want it right now, but like Mono Blue Devotion previously would have played this card. Yeah, I, I don't like the fact it would have been way too good if it tapped the creature. Oh but, God, I mean, I guess like tapped. no, I don't like this card. Sorry, we already went over this. But it's still fine if it's a if you're playing against an aggressive deck. Yeah, um, you just stop their stop their their highest power thing for a turn. I think it's. Fine. I love Mortuary Mire. Yep. It's, yep. uh, it taps for a black, enters the battlefield, taps like the rest of them. And when it enters the battlefield, you can put target creature card from your graveyard to the top of your library. Ridiculous. Yes. Redamdiculous. Um, you could you could do this in uh, modern with any kind of um, life from the loam deck. That seems pretty good. Um, the black green sacrifice standard deck, if it exists, would probably love this card. Mm-hmm. Siege Rhino seems to be okay with oh, this. Oh God, that's obnoxious. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Uh, no, like, this finally... one's pretty hard to play in like a three-color deck, though. This one's pretty hard to justify. So that's yeah. the tension: is they gave us these really great blighted lands and the the tap lands that have like a spell effect, but they don't fix your mana. And in the case of the blighted ones, they're colorless. Like they tap colorless yeah, mana. So. True. There's like a tension between the ridiculous interaction between fetch lands and the the battle for Zendikar dual lands. I think the just people going crazy with three color, four color, maybe even five color will win out. I actually think we're, we're going to be limited to three colors um, in the current standard. And then when they introduce the enemy lands, then it just goes just no holds barred. It's going to be nice. Yeah, because like right it's going to be the kind of standard format that I absolutely hate. Uh, um, I might as well, especially if it you can't play any aggro decks. But because uh, right now um, each fetch land can only fetch three colors, you can only find because right, right. there's other allied fetch lands and they're allied dual lands. But right. once you have even allied fetch lands with enemy dual lands, then now a green fetch land can get any color, and then that's when you're off to the races. Right now, it's going to be limited to three colors. Like, Abzan is not going to be able to really utilize these to full effect unless it wants yeah, to start splashing that. stuff. Like, like, if you just want to start playing, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what. Um, what, if, what, what if you're just playing, like, black, green or something and then just splashing the white for the Siege Rhino? I mean, you make the mana, you just slim down the mana base a little bit. And don't be so greedy with the three-color spells and just basically splash white or splash one of the three colors to play your Siege Rhino and make it a base black deck with, like, you know, mostly green or mostly white and then splash the third color just so you can cast Siege Rhino because, yeah. no, you know, Siege Rhino's good. I think that would make the Mortuary Mire really good. Yeah, the, I mean, the decks that really benefit are the, um, not enemy colors, uh, the ally color pairs, like, uh, or the... 
not wedges. What, what are the things from Alara called? Shards. shards. Good. You know why the set is called Shards of Alara? So late. Um, because the shards are what makes it good. Yeah, so Naya, Jund, Grixis, <laughs> Bant, Esper. Those yeah. benefit. Because now, like, if you're playing red-green, like, you can almost for free splash white or, or black. Yeah. So that's where that's where it gets the fixing gets really good. And that's where the fixing gets like kind of ridiculous with um just like mono red like cuz before uh the last pro tour that that mono red deck just did not play a Tarkus command which is um it just went in kind of a different direction but now the splash is just so it's so easy with Bloodstained Mire and uh, Wooded Foothills and then for the uh, Battle for Zendikar Dual Lands and uh, Cinderglade. Like, it's real easy just to get to, like, a free, untapped 12 sources of green. No problem. That's before, like, just playing, like, a basic forest or two. This whole set's crazy. I like it. There are a lot of people, when the full spoiler went up, that were complaining about this set. But guess what? They're Magic players. They're going to complain about just about anything. Uh, I think... I mean, these are famous last words because, like, I've seen, I've seen people just be unimpressed with sets. Like, almost every time any set comes out, I actually do think this is like a lower powered set than normal. Yeah, I just think I think they're trying to. I, I, people have already said this, but I do think they are actually trying to lower the power level a little bit of standard. Um, well, not for six months because Siege Rhino is still going to be in it. Sure, but I'm talking about the cards that they're printing now. Like they're not there's nothing on the level of like Siege Rhino right now. I don't know. You know what card I think is on the level of Siege Rhino in this hmm. set? Draina. No, not even close. Draina's really good though. Uh she's really good conditionally. She's really good if she survives to untap, survives to attack, gets a hit in and you have other attacking creatures that have survived thus far and are attacking currently. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of conditions. Siege Rhino. Not too many, though. Siege Rhino, you know when it's good? When you yeah. cast it. <laughs> like, that's the condition. Yeah. You have a Siege yeah. Rhino in your deck? Did you draw it and cast it? Well, there you go. It was good. <laughs> it's like, okay. And Yeah, okay. And there's, so they're, you know, so we, we don't expect them to ban Siege Rhino. We've learned at this point that they're not going to do uh, that. That would be, <laughs> that'd be a little ridiculous. Even though that is a boring card, and I just played it in Standard, and it was amazing. Who's to say? The one thing we do know for sure is that this weekend are the Zendikar pre-releases. Battle for Zendikar pre-releases. It is not 2009. Battle for Zendikar pre-release this weekend. It's going to be friggin' amazing. I hope you are able to get out of bed by 5 p.m. and uh, come play some cards. Well, I hope that as well. So next week, we'll be talking about at least my Battle for Zendikar pre-release experience. Hopefully Steven's as well. We'll see you next week. And until then, we are YoMTG Taps. Stop bitching. Start brewing red-green landfall. Or black-red aggro devoid. Get some. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yo, the rhyme pays more eyes once I ride through the doors. Of-
Yo MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, BrainLink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to YoMTGTabs at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.